and it's the dive. We're back again. It's been a long break, but we're back. How are you, Mr. Smith? I'm very good, Trent, mate. You? I'm doing well. I'm back from the uh, Queensland. I uh, went up and uh, kneecapped Tom Lynch just to get him right ready for Richmond next year. For Richmond next get year. Get him That's a bit good. of Dion Prestia style, get him kind of nice and fresh under cotton wool and yes nice. so enjoy the sunshine is what you're saying a really. little bit of sunshine now nah, i didn't go didn't see any afl while i was up there i was much too far north for any of that but um i have to say i showed some relatives some of the afl games this week and uh, half the time we were free to watch a match it was a not a particularly uh, attractive a bit, set, set of matches at times so a bit of a topsy-turvy round of football there was some very good games balanced out by some fairly Ordinary. Ordinary. Yeah, we'll say that. Let's be Where fair. we are, we, we're recording here, so be a bit <laughs> pleasant with the words we use. Yeah, look, I'm not as worried about um, the state of the game as some people have been, but there's there's no doubt that there were some pretty um, average quarters, especially. Let's punch straight into the game. So before we do, we'll just have a quick shout out before we get into the round to our mates at Hopster Home. So Hopster Home is a craft beer delivery service. They, if you sign up to it, so it's hopsterhome.com.au. Uh, so if you go on there, there's uh, packs that you can order. Uh, so they have selections of different craft beers, IPAs, pale ales. New England IPAs. New England, some stouts, some porters. There's some definitely gozers. some, probably, I reckon they'll do a gozer pack. Well, it's coming into winter, so you're probably going to get some pretty interesting uh, stouts winter beers. and porters and... Yeah. So definitely check them out. So they're a really, really good sponsor of ours. They've, you know, small business, but they, you know, doing quite well sending out craft beer all over the country. So definitely check them out. Fresh cans yeah. and mad Sit beer. Sit on the couch. Doesn't get much better than that. Stretchy so door. That's it. Let's bang into... we got a lot to talk Power about. So let's six. get into round six. So um, in terms of the whole discussion around state of the game... I think we talk about that within the round. Yeah. I don't think we do a separate oh, discussion on it. it. Yeah, no, I we think talked a little bit about it anyway. But so yeah, there'll be there, within each it. game we can we can let's go just get into it. the games. And if it's, I mean, there's one or two games where it'll be brought up anyway. But um, I think it'll get discussed. Discuss it. So Friday, twenty seventh, uh, we had Western Bulldogs play Catton at Etihad Stadium. It was eighty to fifty nine. The Dogs won by twenty one points. So major takeaways from this game. I thought, look, it basically went as we sort of went through and said it would. Yeah. Um, you know, as we just discussed a minute ago, Carlton, you know, were quite disappointing. I guess the good news, you can look at it and say that Carlton didn't get blown away. They didn't get, you know, belted by, you know, 100 points or anything like that. But it was a pretty lacklustre game. Well, they, they, they never looked like they were going to win. The, not at any point. point yeah. And even with Cripps completely obliterating, there was never really a point where you genuinely felt... They were in it. Yeah, they need three, they'd need three or four of him for that to happen. The Bont Crips battle that we highlighted yeah. was very good. The Bont started to build some form now, and he's mm. looking very, very good. He's got that. He's got that penalty about him. He just has so much, space so much and time. time. Yeah, Dylan and, Shields sort of styles. Yeah, well. they just and they, yeah, it's force field is that what you? Mm. Yeah, you got a shield around him. Shield. Yeah, Dylan Shield. So yeah, no, he he was he was great. Um, Again, we've talked about uh, McRae a couple of times this season. He is elite. And if, it, if if you don't think he is, he will be by the end of the year. Just keeps finding space, getting that ball, and his delivery is very, very good. I, he's, he just 
yeah, it goes about his business. Um, it's been a couple of those players this year for different teams that just go about their business. And yeah. Rack up the numbers and help their team get the, the chockies on the oh, four points. That's it. I just realised as well, one thing to mention off the top as well before we get too heavily into the games. So we're not going to do, you might have noticed, we didn't do a review of the Anzac Eve and Anzac Day games. We did the double preview. We did a little bit of a preview and then we did another one once we sort of had a rough idea of the teams in that bonus episode. Um, in terms of reviewing the games, it's so long ago now, and it you know it's going to sort of take up another sort of 20, 30 minutes. We will talk about them, I think, within the, these games from round six, but it's it's sort of hard. We can't kind of separate it too much, and it was ages ago now, and I think, yeah, we'll kind of work it within there. But going back to, to this game... There's a few supporters out there that probably don't want to relive those games. No, exactly, yeah. I mean, look, to me, look, yeah, I mean, the... the yeah, I don't think that. Yeah, there was. You know, I thought the the Collingwood Richmond game, which you know was we'll go into, was very good. But the other one I thought was was pretty poor. But yeah. Anyway, we'll, we'll get further into that. But I just wanted to sort of cover off that. Um, yeah, no, you're right. I mean, look, Bont had a, a a great night. I mean, he kicked two posters. I mean, that he could have had a mind blowing night. Like he, well, he, if he kicks those goals, he's, he's best on ground by a long way. Yeah, or, or with Cripps certainly. Yeah. Um, it was nice, sort of right at the end. Bont and Cripps finished with the ball. That was sort of a nice moment right at the very end. But I don't know. I mean, it's 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 hard. Like you know, we we often try to split it up. I mean, I, I tell you one thing: Boy gives the. Dogs a lot more structure. Well, Boyd back, I thought was good. I thought he he looked he pretty good. Him up a he lot. looked dangerous. Um, I you know he was marking pretty well. Yeah, I thought he looked solid. I'll yeah. be honest. Um, you know he's 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 going to be a bit rusty to start. I know he got one three and he could have you know could have sort of kicked. There was a couple of those. He was especially. taking marks and he was getting the ball to the ground, like, presenting just, well. Just gives opportunities for that team. Yeah, um, I just yeah I just think he's he's. A, Pretty key pillar. Yeah. Um, obviously, very expensive pillar. He's a golden pillar. They yeah. probably should play him most Costly weeks. Pillar, yeah. um, and I, I, I didn't get to see. I just watched highlights. So, but did um, they got Jordan Roughhead back in? But if he comes back in, then just another big body will help them immensely. I reckon. I think that's all it's hard. Stopping them from yeah, being so really I, competitive week in, week out. It's just having a couple of big bodies. Yeah, so I watched this end-to-end. Um, no, he's not not back. But yeah, yeah he's definitely in the in the mix to, to play. Cool. Um, yeah, look, in ten, let, let, we'll start with Western Bulldogs. We've sort of done that anyway. I mean, for me, you know, Caleb Daniel lost his helmet. That was a big highlight of the game. And he came off with it too. Got, got to see what he looked like. I forgot, <laughs> forgot what he completely looked like. Um, but yeah, look, I thought Ed Richards was good. You know, there was definitely some... It wasn't... I Look, to be honest, you know, the Blues at times were pretty poor. I yeah. thought the Dogs should have opened them up a bit more. There's de- I don't think the Dogs are back. I've heard a bunch of people saying, "Oh, they they're very close to being back to that 2016 level." I think they're 20 to 30 percent off. Personally, I don't think they're near well, that. I was going to say, if they were back to that, then this should have been an eight, nine, ten goal win. Exactly, and that's that's the concern that I had. I mean, obviously, yeah. there's, there's some glimpses, and I get why people glimpses, are talking but... about like. Uh, Johannesson obviously intercepting in the middle of the ground and, and running on but not blazing away so he, he's matured a little bit that he can hand it off to someone else and that, I get why people are wanting to think that the doggies uh, oh, it's a nice thought yeah it's a nice thought but I, I'm agreeing with you I think hang no. on when they start stringing three, four, five wins in a row together and they beat teams like Carlton and the lower end of the table by Eight, nine goals. Then I'll say that. And then a competitive with the top teams. We just yeah, saw them get obliterated by GWS at, at 
Cameron, yeah, exactly not that right. long ago. I know it was on their home turf, so to speak, but it wasn't really. You know, GWS had to travel to Canberra as well. Yeah, they've only been they're only a young team. They've played not like not like you know it's, they've been there for years and years and years, and they're older bodies. And you know, like Geelong, you know, remember how many games they won at Cadinia for so long? Yeah, um, it. so yeah, it's a bit of a different scenario. But yeah, look, I, th- I thought McRae was really excellent. I think this year he's generally been pretty pretty good. Thirty two uh, disposals, one goal, one. Um, you know, some really, really good pressure acts, nine tackles, you know, pretty, pretty consistent. I thought Hunter was really solid as well. Suckling again, like his, his, his field kicking just looks off. I don't know whether he's um, had some issues, you know, obviously his shots of goals haven't been amazing as well. He just looks like he's lacking confidence. I don't know whether he's got a, an injury or some sort of niggle. Obviously, we don't know that, but he just looked a little bit off as well. Um, I thought Johansson was good. I thought, you know, there was some interesting... Interesting stuff out of defence from him, but, you know, nothing. I don't think, to be honest, like, outside of a really two or three players, I don't think anyone really, like, completely lit it up. And I was, you know, really, really happy with it. It was hard because it, was, it wasn't a great game to watch. So it wasn't, I'm sure that there was a few pressure acts here and there that was impressive. Yeah. Um, what about you, from a dog's perspective? Uh, Anyone yeah, else uh, that you thought was impressive? No, not really. I mean, not impressive, but I just like, I love the way it goes about it. And he's just, again, building from a... Uh, a range during the season last year yeah. uh, and that's Mitch Wallace um, he's got that hardness and he sort of covers the, the liver not being in that side as well yeah. so um, by, like their old old man pretty hard nuts at the ball um, yeah. 21 disposal goes at 80% efficiency over uh, over the weekend so he's um, hidden targets really well and he just adds it, yeah, that tackling pressure and it, just that fear in, in some opponents that he is going to be thereabouts when they go to pick up the ball so just implied pressure as well so now other than that look yeah from what uh, i saw i saw some extended highlights and whatnot it was just a game of football um and the team that is better won one and that's why i'm not, sort of struggling not, to find too much to talk yeah. about so cruiser didn't play um i listened back that's hurting finally had a chance to listen Keep back through our preview that, that, that's hurting carlton that's why i was very confident in the dogs i mean no, no cruiser um but yeah, I mean, when you look at it, I mean, so the just to get into a few of the stats, I mean, we don't want to become sort of too stat heavy or anything like that, but a couple of things to highlight, things that were a little bit disappointing with the Dogs and why I don't think they're back to the, you know, premiership year, is you look at marks inside 50, 15 to the Dogs, 15 to Carlton. Yeah. So, you want to Carlton, I mean, who are they kicking that, it to? Too. Like, I mean, that's the thing, like, they've, the they've got... The Cavs. Well, geez, like I mean, so one thing he can do is clunk the footy. Yeah. So clearance is thirty-one, thirty-one. I mean, surely the dogs have got a better midfield with no Mark Murphy oh, yeah. for Carlton. I know Cripps was excellent, but he's one guy. Like I mean, yeah. To me, looking at that, that that if you if you're playing against a Richmond or a GWS or some of the top sides, the the stats are not going to look like that. It's not going to look fifteen all marks inside fifty and thirty-one all clearances. That they should really be pushing further How many ahead clearances than that. Were they? So fifteen, a uh, thirty-one all clearances. <laughs> yeah, Cripps had almost half for his team. Yeah, which 12. is which is re- but that, which is almost unhealthy at times yeah. for someone to be going That's, that high. I mean, I know I know mm, Frio played that game a little bit with five. I still, but I don't know. I don't. But I don't, that's like that's like having a buddy reliance on kicking goals. If yeah. you've only got one person in that engine room that's going to get the ball out, well, Richmond mix for the it whole up. game. Yeah, yeah, mix it up. But it's yeah. There's a number of sort of you know. Different things as well. But look, there's a, there was some encouraging signs too for the dogs. You know, look at tackles inside 50. They won that 17 to 4. So yeah, four wow. tackles inside 50 from Carlton is, is really, really poor. Um, inside 50 is 49 to 45. 
dogs really need to get that supply up to only win those you know inside 50s by a few is is not not, not ideal. ideal they really need to be further further ahead than that um you know cards have been really poor this year so yeah again i'm repeating myself here but um the the, the team that was is a better team yeah one so we can't really kind of dissect it too much more but yeah look i just wanted to highlight a couple of things yeah, mainly to cover off the fact that they're well, not fact back. but my opinion is i don't think they're they're back no. there's clearly some I, the hard part about it too well it's I'm sort of you know correcting myself but the other thing as well is good teams when they play against lackluster teams, i.e. Carlton at the moment, that's just the reality. Yeah. I'm not trying to, you know, have a go at it. That's them. just that's a fact. Just, what, zero and um, six. So. Good teams, you know, you look at, as an example, Geelong against Melbourne, 2011. Won by, what did they win by? Like 150 points. Mm. The great, and, and Hawthorne belted a bunch of teams. The good teams really put teams to the sword. And they don't care. Like, look at Brisbane yeah. against Richmond at the G the other week. They, You know, Brisbane basically didn't score. score. So, like, the, the really good sides really, you know, put they away just... Carlton. Yeah, absolutely. They... A Carlton or well, a anyone, team Anyone like who's lacklustre doesn't matter that... or not it... scoring, they'll just they'll see an opening to boost Percentage. the percentage and, and, and really send a sign out to the rest of the competition. It's like, guess what? You give us an yeah. opening, we're going to... Take it to the next degree. Richmond showed again on the weekend against a quality opposite opponent in the Pies. The Pies ran out of legs and they ran over them by 41 points. It was about a 18-point game, really. There's only about three goals in it as far as the competitiveness yeah. of it all goes. So, yeah, look, yeah. I think that's a concern. And the other thing, too, is it's not like it's round 21 or something where, you know, dogs are already way ahead and they think, oh, look, let's not really put the foot on the gas. You know, we've got finals to come. Should do it, it anyway. The season is a long, long... No, I know, but the se- that, that happens often. The season, when the arrest plays towards the end of the year no. and all that sort of stuff, but it's a long way away. Long so way I just, away. just wanted to highlight yeah. that. Um, in terms of Carlton, you know, we, we sort of discussed a fair bit with Carlton. We went through their players. I mean, look, the, the, in terms of overall Carlton discussion, I mean, they, they, we just spoke about it before in the latter thing. They, I think they're, you know, very, very disappointing this year so far. They really haven't shown a lot. Um, they've lacked confidence when they've tried to switch to offense, which is a serious concern. Yeah. And there's one player in particular that's on, and he's young and I'm like, I'm not bagging or hanging him out to dry, but very disappointing because there was so much talk about him last year. Um, and in fact, the, I'm going to talk about three players from different teams. Is it, Charlie Kerno is not having a season like no. he did last year, and he was talked about being the, rock, the number one to start. Yeah. Funny enough, though, the two that were in front of him also are having pretty average years. Yeah. So it's interesting that the yeah. second season Blues. Pardon the pun is actually happening to a lot of these young players. So, um, and that's my leading into that is the fact that there is a lot of young players on that list. Not just age, but at Carlton that haven't got many games into them. So, it's going to be long, just going to be a long season, I think. Um, and Cripps is going to be very sore by the end of the year because he's going to have to carry that team. And the, the thing for me with Carlton is what this season has clearly proven is that the depth right now just isn't there. And that is that is a massive concern, given they've been rebuilding for four hundred years. That you know, I know they've lost some very key pillars. You know, you look at you no know, Cruiser, no Murphy, no Doherty. You know, all these clearly you know and major aspects play, to their team. Players, yeah. yeah, and that's the thing, major aspects to their team. But injuries are part of football. 
you know, some of the Melbourne youth that came up in that game by the second half were actually pretty good. Like, there's a couple of good kids running mm. around for them. So I was... Look, the major discussion, and we don't want to go sort of too heavily in, and we don't want to become too reactionary, and if it keeps going like this, we'll have to do a separate thing around Carlton, because th- this rebuild has gone for so long, and it, it is starting to become, you know, a, a massive concern yeah, absolutely. With, with, with Carlton. I think he needs to start so. changing his coaching direction. Well, but the whole... Th- I mean, yeah, the, the, the concern is they just simply don't know when to switch from offense to defense. They're, they're struggling to protect the ground, and they're getting opened up. They need run on the... They need so many things. Like, we could talk for two outs. Like, they need run on the outside. I noticed in that game just gone. So. I'd not talk about Carlton for two No. <laughs> but anyway, but look, there's, it's a hard game. It wasn't really nah. too much to discuss. So we managed to discuss a fair bit, though. We did about, <laughs> we did about 10 minutes. No, but, but like... I. <laughs> No, there's always something to discuss. It just it wasn't a there was not a highlights reel from. We're the not game. we're talking about it, I guess, in a different way. Yeah. Is more what I'm suggesting. Normally, we would sort of go, you know, this is, this is you know, I, I'm trying to find positives, but it's hard when you know you just want to get the bat out. But yeah, so. next game Saturday, 28th, Geelong lost to Sydney Swans, and you you tipped it, and then I think well, I sort of hinted yeah. that we we retract that well, because Buddy and Hanbury went out, but yes. Geelong. So on on the podcast, I picked the Swannies. Yeah, and then on social, I went nah, not with Han- without Hanbury and Buddy. And nobody. I, it'll be a Cats win, and geez, aren't I regretting that move? Was well, so a 69 to 86. Sydney won miraculously by 17 points. So there is a lot to discuss out of this game. Yeah, have a look at the. The worm, it is literally it had a run. A, is a mountain. So <laughs> it literally goes up, down, up, up, up down, and then there's a tabletop at the top, and then all of a sudden, it's a slippery slide down from three quarter time to the end of the game. So, um, what a cracking game, though. This I, I still think it was probably game up. of the round. I think this and the derby were the two best games. Oh, but your boys and pies was bloody. It was pretty good, well. but in terms of overall four quarters, the first three quarters of Collingwood and Richmond were very, very good. The fourth oh, quarter was good. Nah, this I would say then this is not that game. Then it wasn't a four quarter game either. Yeah, I still really enjoyed. I enjoyed I watching did, it for four quarters. Is is more? It was great viewing. It was compulsive viewing because it was just so tight the whole way. It was. I, so I watched this end to end. I got to watch it live too. Oh, okay. I was, yeah, yeah. I, I, I thought this was an amazing game still. They're, they're the three, though. No, I mean, they're, they're, the, three, they're the clear yeah. three. Um, well, so right. we'll do the usual way we do it in terms of breaking it down. But before we do, what, what are your overall thoughts? What are your first takeaways out of the game? First takeaways that these two teams are finals bound at this stage of the game. Like, as long as they don't go with uh, having too many more injuries, um, Sydney obviously had two key outs. John has still got a number of key outs. Um, they bought. F- uh, lots of pressure to the game, but the skills stayed high. Uh, it wasn't lots of fumbling because of pressure. The fumbles were there, but that's because it's still fairly early in the season. Um, they're just a well-drilled team. Uh, Geelong obviously changed up their um, style of game because they had Hawkins back. Um, yeah. Sydney definitely changed their game because they didn't have Bud. But um, yeah, look, I just think these two teams um, haven't changed... Um, for 10, 15 years now, they're just going to be super competitive. And if you t- if you switch your brain off for a second, um, they've got enough power on either side to, to do some damage. It just seemed that uh, Sydney wanted a bit more in that last quarter. Well, yeah. And, and also, I've got a couple of concerns about Geelong. Um, we we'll, might leave that to the end. Let's start with positives. I um, So we'll start, let's, let's start with Geelong. So, I mean, look, the, my major concern at the moment is is their ruck, 
Yeah. Uh, I thought Stanley got obliterated through a lot of it. Uh, Sinclair really took him to task. I think, yes, Sinclair was playing out of his skin, but at the same time, look, I yeah, that that's something at, at the moment that that's a, that's a definite concern. Um, you know, there there was some there were some clear highlights with Geelong. They played a you know a quality team match for most of it. But so before we go back in there, no, just because no. we're talking about concerns, because I've got another concern. We can go into concerns first. Yeah. yeah. So I agree with you. Oh, with we'll that see concern. How it flows. Yeah. I also think though that because there were the return of the um, prodigal son, I th- I've got a funny feeling that game plan was designed around having Gaz without there, a doubt, and without it's not working because he's not there. And that that's, I mean, I whether Sel Selwood is actually has got a little niggle. But he didn't look like he was ready to take on the game like he normally would. Um, and has that But been... surely you practice but, multiple plans, though. But like that's the it's... other thing. The other thing is, Geelong should... That's, they've got enough senior players. They should not have to rely on Selwood having to do it. Well, Dangerfield, game too, game had a massive Dangerfield. sort of second half. But, I mean, I don't know. Like I, I, My main concern is, is when it comes to yes, Geelong, Geelong is clearances. Yeah. In terms of they're, 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 they're going to get smashed by teams with really good Ruckman. And guess what? There's a lot of good Ruckman around at the moment. And that's a massive concern. Massive concern yeah. They need to either get Stanley or, or Zach Smith or one of these guys to, to really turn it up. because it's, it's the, And the other thing with that, it's sort of a, um, a group thing, is that in terms of Geelong, Geelong consistently are getting smashed in the clearances. Mm. And not, not just from a rucking perspective... You know, the, all the talk in the off-season was, oh, they're never going to lose a clearance with this ridiculous midfield. And oh, I know no. one of that trio is, is out, but at the same time, like, it, it, it is a concern. Like, you know, there's... there's How many times do, do, are they getting yeah, 51, 51 to 33. That's It's not good enough. No. That's not good enough to lose the clearances by that much. Like, actually, I, they actually won the hit-outs. That's really concerning. That's, that's, this is the thing. But then when it comes out... Yeah. That's I'm, I'm not just. That's why I don't. I'm not just hanging in on Stanley no. and their ruck position. No, whole this is my point. point. It, that's exactly what I was just about to say. Which is that the reality is, that I know that clearly aspects of their midfield have been down, and I know Ablett's been out. But it, this, you know, like this was this prized thing that was spoken about, you know, so heavily, and it's clearly not working. Yeah. So far, wrong. outside of a couple of quarters here and there, I generally speaking. I don't think it is working, and no. that is a massive concern. That is a massive concern because Geelong have, you know, they've been without Henderson, they've been without Harry Taylor, so their defence has been, Pushed. you know, really yeah. hurt. So I, I, I am factoring in that yes, a lot of the mids have had to peel off and assist defence. I get that, right. yeah, and and I get that their forward line outside of Menzel and you know a couple of others haven't exactly been firing. I don't think Hawkins has had anywhere near the year that they would have liked from him. He was a bit better in this game. Yeah, if he continues on this path, I think he'll, uh, it'll help, definitely. But um, no, he's not having the season that they would have hoped or would have thought. Parsons is probably the only one. Imagine that's... if they don't have Kelly. I mean, like Kelly has been enormous for this club this yeah. year. Take Kelly out of that side. and then it's just I reckon a... there's a game or so they drop. Like He's that important to their side at the moment. He, like The run that he provides... I mean, I, I don't know. I, I've got some serious concerns. They, they consistently are losing the clearances. And, you know, yes, you, you're seeing... It, as you say, I wonder whether they had structured this whole thing around this specific trio and with one of it out, it, it's simply not working at the moment. I, I don't know. But yeah. 
I know they're without. I, I, I get it. I, they're without Guthrie, which is a which is a concern too. Um, Duncan has been a little bit off. He's been good, but he hasn't been incredible. Um, well, he's playing a role that probably doesn't suit his style. He would have thought he'd be on the outside a lot more. Yeah. Um, yeah, but the two, the Henderson and Taylor, not in that back oh. line, and without with losing Mackey and 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 Lonigan just gone recently. So it is but, a bit um, of a it's a bit of adjustment, but oh look, yeah, I, I was very surprised at three quarter time that they they went and lost this game. Well, the other the next thing is two two factors out of that. Firstly, is that they were they were at a clear winning position with mm. what was it twenty one twenty two points oh, something like that, yeah. And then the second aspect is why do they keep losing to Sydney? So Sydney yeah. have this is so this is the third win Sydney have had at Cadinia. Like they, they only pretty much the only team they lose to down there. They've only is lost. Sydney. They've only lost five games in fifteen years down there or something. Yeah, and three of them have been to Sydney. Yeah. So look, the the real like no one has any level of of up, but they, these guys just believe that they can do it. And the reality is a couple like you know that first game you know there was goods and you know Jude Bolton and all sorts of players that don't play anymore. So yeah. there's there's clear. Hey. Belief, Belief, you know, LRT and all these players that have been retired for four or five years now. So, yep. I don't know. I mean, like, it's there's there's clear concern when it comes to Geelong. I, I'm concerned with their with their game plan with the current list of players, and I get that they've had some serious injuries, but I, I'm not, I don't know. It, it's becoming a bit of a concern. Yeah. Let's um, we'll pivot a bit into Sydney. So, what were your main takeaways with Sydney? Well, funnily, it, was, it actually ties into what you were saying about all these older players who weren't there for that first of those three wins. But yeah. there's probably two that were in Kieran Jack and um, mm. and old McVeigh, and they had great games. Blinders. Really, that's how good is McVeigh's almost all Australian at the moment. Oh, he looks so good. We he's wrote a, him he's off. On the, yeah, he's on the bench. At my, he's like probably on the bench Jesus. for me at the moment. But yeah, he's really really good. Um, obviously. They're not a better team without Buddy, but sometimes they just play better well, football without him for whatever reason. Who well, knows? Well, it's predictability, and yeah. and well, even when he, when Buddy they use Buddy through the middle, he ties up so many aspects of their game. I, I'm not going to be one of those people that says that because you know this is going to be the think pieces through the week. Yeah, you know, is Buddy better? Are they better? Sorry, without Buddy, but I don't know. I'm a Hawthorne supporter. We're not a better team without him, that's for sure. Well, you won two flags without <laughs> one, him. One, two flags, without and that's him. the thing about it is, yeah. well, you can argue, but you can argue can Hawthorne argue got it. better. Yeah, yeah. You can argue Geelong got better without Ablett too. They won one without him as well. True, so true. this, it's it's a football is changing and evolving. Well, it's a team sport at the end of the day. It is. It's not a individual sport. No, so, the Cavaliers. Yeah. Were able to win the other night because of LeBron. Yeah, literally. In the small that he, space he can just dominate. And that's whereas he, it's just not the reality anymore. No, there's so much congestion with the way AFL's played now. I just don't see it, it happening. happening. Um, but back to it. Uh, look, all the all these young unknown names. They're starting to become known names for Sydney. Where do they keep pulling these people? Hayward, Florence, Florence, wow. Fox. I mean, these guys are the third tier. Of players that are constantly week in week out now doing their bit for the team to get them across the line. Um, I thought yep, Parker was solid again. Um, uh, Jones, I'll make Jones with the yeah. tats. He, he just he was relentless. Yeah, look, they were, they were very very good. I think if you're a Sydney supporter, you'd be questioning, hang on, why haven't they played like this? Every round this season so far, because that football is going to be hard to do. Yeah. Very hard to do, but, but obviously they're, they're very capable of it. Um, 
again, they did have a big spread of goal kickers though. Funnily enough, it was only seven. Um, but they still... Um, but they scored. They did enough. They just know they know how to play Kibbins off, that's for sure. Well, they're, very, they're very confident in their own skill set. How good... Two things. How good is Josh Kennedy... Oh. I mean, you know, great players... Well, almost clearly, wrote him off last week, didn't we? Well, but the thing about <laughs> it is great players never have downs for more than two weeks in a row, yeah. really. And, I mean, I tell you what, his fourth quarter was enormous. Probably one of the best fourth quarters I've seen. Ever. Ever. Well, certainly, well not remember ever, but certainly from when I can remember. Ever. Like, it is just... He was obscene. Like, he was just everywhere. He completely everywhere. dominated that game. Played like he did in the 2016 Grand Final. Like he was unlucky in a lot of ways not to win the Norm that day as well. Very unlucky. Even in a losing game. The other thing I wanted to highlight, and, you know, I'm, I'm going to give him the heat check, even though, you know, look, there's other players that you could give it to, but I, I just want to highlight him. Heath Grundy is so good. It is ridiculous. The Grundy. And no one talks about him. He's, you know, he's all he's all Australian for me at the moment. Oh mate, he looks so good. So he completely owned whoever he was on vast majority of the time. There was a couple of times where Hawkins got one or two in, but vast majority of the time, he is so good. And he's so consistent. Yeah. And you just don't hear about it. It's uh oh, I tell you what. He doesn't play pretty football, but he's very effective. So he had twenty three disposals and went at eighty six percent. So yeah. pretty good day and only allowed Hawkins to have a Minor influence in the game of two goals. Yeah, and that's the thing. It was not like he, you know, lit it up and kicked six or seven. I thought Parker was okay. Um, but look, you know, we, I know we said it before, but still, I've got to say it again. I mean, Sinclair is just playing out of his skin. Yeah, absolutely is. Going back to what we were saying a minute ago about, you know, different game plans and different structures, one of the things I've been really impressed with with Sydney. So you look back last year and the isolation of Isaac Heaney. Uh, so this, the Swans had a tactic last year where they would create leads, they would spread defenders, and then they would create space consistently for Heaney last year. And that was it was good, but you can't consistently do that every time. No. The thing that I was so impressed with, and just generally with Sydney, but really impressed with in this game, and I think this was a real key to them winning, was how many mid-slash-half-forwards to Sydney seem to have like the amount of times where they would do similar spreads but instead be one minute there'd be mm. Heaney and then the next inside 50 it, it would be another 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 player like it was just it was just bizarre yeah, like they got just, lots of depth in that it just keeps yeah. happening like you know there's there were times where they would swip it up it, the next one it's Papley next one it's Heaney next one it's Papley next one it's Parker like they just kept going back and forth and back and forth and they kept they kept constantly confusing Geelong with who was going to be that isolated player they would constantly spread it wide and they you know we're talking left across different sections of the 50 but which obviously makes it difficult to guard but at the same time like the the, the, you know in terms of who's the mole out of this like it was really hard for Geelong to figure it out so that's an interesting point Um, not that anyone was tagged in this game but is that a way that coaches now look at if they've got the capacity to do so if someone's getting tagged out of the game is to have a heavy rotation through the, the half back and half forward and, for and Sydney it that. is but obviously yeah well, I, I watched think of a handful of teams that probably could do that 
I watched it specifically and I started noticing it in the second quarter and I started watching it specifically. Next time you watch Sydney, watch their forward structures each time. It's going to be interesting. So Buddy's going to be out for next week as well. It'll be fascinating to see with how, how they roll with it next week because mm. I, I noticed it on a number of occasions where they would isolate completely different players and they were not... And they would clear, they'd clearly trained for this. This was not an accident. No. They consistently would set up different structures where other uh, other players were, were the um, the ones to be isolated. But it was really interesting watching it happen. And it constantly confused you along. So, look, you know, Dangerfield lifted. I mean, in the end, you know, he, he started to really take the, you know, the game by the scruff of the neck. But how do you lose from that position at, at home? Like, it, it's... It must have been so frustrating, you know, for, for Chris Scott and the coaching side that to get them into that position, to fall away like Way that. Like that yeah. I mean, but in terms of major stats, I mean, Mark's inside 50, you know, 9 to 10 uh, in, in, in Sydney's favour. Yeah, a lot of the stats we're probably not going to go too heavily into because a lot of it is relatively even. Um, you know, there's a few you can sort of look at. I mean, un- uncontested Mark's. 49 to 81 that that's poor i mean sydney you know won that by a long 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 way you can't allow that amount of uncontested marks in a game of football you're not going to win from those positions tackles inside 50 15 to 13 so pretty even inside 50 is 52 to 52 um but then you look at the efficiency going inside mm. 50 geelong 37 to um sydney's 50 percent so <laughs> like it's all, all about what you're doing with it and, I, and as i just highlighted a minute ago i mean i, I think a lot of that was them structuring up faster than Geelong yeah. and, and, and figuring out, you know, really clever mix-ups of who they're going to isolate. I thought it was really interesting to watch. But yeah, look, I mean, the, the, there was a few... Just another classic encounter. Yeah, but there was there was a couple of, you know, like Hawkins missed a, just a ridiculous shot, um, just like Westoff did. And, you know, there was a few obscene misses this week. Again, goal-kicking has just been pretty poor, I think, generally speaking, this it's been year. horrible. It's been horrible, but generally speaking, I think this was a really, really good game. Uh, and to One win, of the best games this, of the year so far. Without a doubt. I would say top five, maybe yeah. even top three. Um, you know, Sydney are playing that high possession and it's working. It's, 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 you know, it's, that, it's that, you know, champagne football, but they're pulling it off. That's mm. the thing about it is they're, they're playing that high possession, you know, quick change, but, they're, you know, they're, they're clean with it. It's very they're, they're, they're basically doing what Melbourne's trying to do, but Melbourne's consistently getting errors half the time, but... That's a that's another whole discussion. But to win this in Geelong without Buddy and massive win for him, absolutely. It's sort of it's, uh, it's a good pillar to launch Pat off for oh, the rest of the season now, without a doubt. And once again, Radicalia was really good, you know, for Geelong. You know, I thought Radicalia and Kelly and some of these some of these newer guys were pretty good, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, it's it's disappointing, but we're not going to sort of harp on it too much because it is round six, but. Yeah, there's some, there's some bad signs, and we've spoken about them. Yeah, there there is. I think Geelong are a good enough outfit, though. And I'm pretty sure you agree. Yeah. They'll bounce back. They'll 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 review those types of things. Uh, I'm pretty sure Scotty's aware of a lot of stuff we just discuss not because oh, we think course. we're in that no, same no. level, no, but no, 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 they pick up that there's a big issue or big issues that need to be addressed, and he's not one for letting it uh, hang 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 around for too long. He usually gets to the drawing board straight away. And yeah. They'll probably play a different brand of football this weekend. Another matchup I quite liked was the Thurlow-Heaney match. They were on each other mm. through most of the match, and I really enjoyed watching those two. That was kind of a nice 
uh, subplot. Again, I thought Sydney used the corridor really well. They've done used the corridor really well oh, this year in general. Very well. So they used it well against Adelaide. I know they ended up losing that match, but they generally speaking, you know, they, they were they were pretty good. So, but we'll, we'll keep moving on. Um, you know, we could definitely keep going on this one, but. Look, the rest of our discussions, I think, is, you know, it's sort of hard. You don't want to get too reactionary. We don't want to sort of get too alarmist about no, different aspects. Not. But definitely yeah. not. Um, again, watching it from the te- or watching it on TV as opposed to live out of ground. I would have liked very to go the game. You don't pick up some of the no. stuff that happens outside of where the play is, which can actually have a major impact on the game, and you get to see things a little bit differently. So, yeah, yeah definitely no alarm bells for, for Geelong not, at this not stage. Not just yet, no. Just little things that they'd probably uh, not want to see happen too often again throughout the throughout the season. Without a doubt. Mm. So, next game at Etihad Stadium, uh, North Melbourne played Port, Port Adelaide, Adelaide, 69-102. So, Port Adelaide won by 33 points. And pretty convincingly, just... But, I mean, I've got some points. I mean, how good is this team going to be when they get Ryder back? Well, I was my main thing with this game is I was really disappointed in North. Because I, I think, in a lot of respects, this was North to lose in a lot of ways. I was, yeah. When we but touched on it last week. We spoke but... about it last week, yeah. But, yeah. What are your main takeaways, mate? What do you think? Oh, look. Um, probably the most underrated midfielder in the comp, Jared Pollock. Yeah. He has been missed consistency for Port this year. Oh. Um, and his continuity now that he's finally, after a few years there with injuries, he's got his body right for AFL football. And he's proven to be just another cog in that um, midfield that can go forward, can play a little bit off the half back line, um, reads the play extremely well. He yeah he's all classy he'd be he'd be right up there um, for Port's B and F at the moment I would say he's been yeah very, very without good. a doubt um, and uh, there's a, a very good player in this team with the surname Gray <laughs> but he's slowly getting taken over from the lesser the other Gray Sam Gray has been just a he looks phenomenal. so good he doesn't looks he looks so so good and I think he'd he can be all Australian as well and I think he can be as good as his namesake in Robbie. I reckon in the next couple of well, years he'll be look, just as good, if not better. Look at Gray. So your mate, four goals, one. I mean, Sam. Look, compare that. You know, Westoff. Yes, he was consistent through the game. That miss that he from what was it, three meters out? Yeah, the big man of football struggling within five meters. It is just incredible how this keeps happening. And oh. I, I, you know, we we said we didn't want to talk about state of the game too much outside of you know the games, but just to bring it up briefly in this game, like. You know, I was up. It was interesting being up in Queensland during this round because I was with a lot of people that don't necessarily follow AFL, and for them to sort of see these ridiculous misses was, mm. I mean, it doesn't sell. Put it this way, it doesn't sell the game very well when you're like, oh, this is AFL, great game, blah blah blah, and you show them and they're like, Ugh. like, how did he possibly miss? How that? did he like, miss that? It's not. It's not like putting for a, a hole or putting for a, in a golf tournament where. The hole's only a little bit bigger than the ball. Yeah. The goal's a pretty big space. And I get it. I've missed plenty of goals kicking, and there's no pressure on me to kick goals. But, uh, that's... but still, I think But I also am not getting paid $100,000 every year more, to kick yeah. goals. So it's yeah. a professional sport. And, it's and concerning. Those, it's actually some of the lowest. It's so, the, yeah, and that's the thing. It's, it's not, one of the lowest for like decades now. It happens every game now. Well, it's it's, like, this round was particularly poor. There was a lot of low scoring, um, but specifically there were some just obscene misses. Yeah, I think, you know, the, the ugliest was probably the Melbourne Essendon game. There was, oh, you man. know, more yeah. out of bounds than goals nearly. It was, that, oh. that was, I mean, how many times did it get kicked out? Right. Mem- memories. 
That was a poor, <laughs> that was unbelievable how that happens. And I know I know heap of commentators have already said it and repeated it, but it really is harder to miss that shot than make it. To make it, yeah. I mean, yeah. Danaher as well had some horrific. Oh, um, yeah, we'll get him to him later. Scenario. So yeah, look, it was a good game. I thought. Look from from North side. Um, we'll start with North. I mean, look, I think, you know, we spoke a bit about Port already, but let's kind of get a little bit into North. Yeah. I thought Dorr was excellent again. Yeah, I think his I tank is getting better. Um, I, I think he looked really good. I think he's found a spot in defence. I know like they've Taylor tried him all over the ground. ground as well. yeah. You've got that too. Yeah. I yeah. mean, that, that was a big takeaway for me. Um, you know, I thought Tom Jonas for, for North actually did really well against Ben Brown. I actually thought Tom Jonas was not as short as he is. So he actually gave 11 centimetres up to Ben Brown, but he actually did pretty well. Like, you know, to hold Brown, what did Brown get? Four? Or what did he end up getting? I don't think he ended Did he get that many? Yeah, he did. He got 4-1. But still, like, that's not... Like, he, you know, Brown can absolutely get off the chain and get eight or nine. Yeah. He's, he's, I think, top three forwards at the moment in the game. Yeah. So for me, that, yeah, that's a that's a bit of a, um, a bit of a win there to sort of hold him to a bit. But it's concerning that there's a heavy reliance on Brown to... It, is a, to it is a clear concern. Yeah. And I wonder, and the question for you is, and we yeah. touched on it last week, that elite football that North can play, and they showed it against Hawthorne, have they, do you think they're capable of doing it for the season? As in North? Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't think they've got enough well, of that mid to senior player list. I think they've got too many kids to continue doing it. I think they're going to blow out. Well, to highlight, yeah, I don't disagree. I mean, I, like, I'm not, you know, I, I, I sort of put an asterisk in my surprises and, and the latter so far with them. As an example to what you've just said, there were four other goal kickers outside of Brown. That's yep. it. Four. four. So they had five total, and then one lit it up, yeah. and then they had four others. Yeah, so so Wade got three. Your mate, uh, Uniaki, Uniki, got one. Uniak. Uniak. Uh, Anderson got one. Simkin got one. That's it. Yeah. So, they so need that's a, a clear concern. Yeah, so they need to start finding the mids to kick off. So Zeebel went missing again. Everyone said how good he is. And I'm not saying he's not, but if he's not kicking goals or he's not dominating in the middle... Well, Zeebel was, yeah, he was fairly down, you know. No, I reckon he's... I saw a couple of glimpses where the uh, part of the game had slowed or it stopped and he looked... He looked like he was stuffed. So whether he's done a massive, massive preseason and he just needs a little breather, I don't know. I'm not going to read into it too much, but I did notice it a couple of times. No, you're right. I mean, again, it's a bit early, but it's it's at that stage, you know, it's a bit concerning how they can play Tassie so well last week. It's be in Melbourne, only have to go to Etihad and play, I think, 20 or 30% worse. And play a team a that's not really known for travelling all that well, but um, at the end of the day, I mean... Yeah, Port, I mean, Port, Port proved how good and how deep they they can go. I mean, they lost Wingard, they still haven't got Ryder. Um, no Ryder's a, a clear miss, but they you know they did enough. I um I ended up tipping Port, you tipped North, but I really wanted yeah. North to win. But anyway, look in terms of Port, you know Jacobs tried to hold a few of the Port midfielders back, but it you know it didn't you know particularly work. Yeah, uh, they've got enough that can run through the middle to to really um you know consistently pushed through the centre. You look at the major stats through the game, you know, contested possessions were relatively even. Um, you know, uncontested though, Port Adelaide won 253 to 198. So they won the uncontested significantly. Really, yeah. um, uncontested marks, this goes back into what we were discussing a minute ago. You know, North Melbourne 54 to Port Adelaide 83. Uh, you know, marks inside 50, Port Adelaide 14 to 8. 
Um, clearances, interestingly, were relatively even, 32 to 38 uh, in Port's favour, but it's all about what you do with it. <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, pressure, much better from Port, very poor, I thought, from North, especially compared to last week. Tackles inside 50, and that often indicates pressure. You know, the tackles inside 50 for Port was 12, um, and then North only 6. So that, that that's a concern too. Inside 50 is pretty even, 47-51, but again, goes back to what I was saying a minute ago. It's all about what you do with it. Well, all do with it. I yeah. mean, the upside for me, though, is that young uh, group of kids for North, they're all classy. Yeah. They have all they're gonna be a good side. Good side. Yeah. yeah. Got but, lots, it's, but you want to see more. Away. But you definitely don't want to see games like this happen too often. It's disappointing. After last week especially. Yeah. The last two weeks. Well, especially, yeah, that's true. I mean, we were really starting to build them up. So it yeah. was disappointing. Um, the next game's going to be really interesting for them, which we'll get into in the next episode. But we better um, we better keep moving. Do you have any other major takeaways out no. of this? Or should we keep going? No, I went to plan in a way, but yeah, it yeah. did. And I don't, only reason I, I picked North is because of the two weeks before. Um, I, I still think Port Adelaide are a top four side, and um, they proved it on the weekend. So I'm not I'm not surprised that the result went the other way. And um, I'm again glad I'm not in any footy tipping competitions this year. No, so I'd be at the bottom of the ladder for that. Well, it's very hard at the moment because when when do you pull the trigger? Yeah, it's very it. hard to get on and off teams because teams seem to be winning one or two or three. There's not too many patterns to no, it. But, not, um, not at the moment. Next game, next GWS game. Right. Uh, beat the Brisbane Lions 77-43 up at Spotless. What were your main takeaways out of this, mate? The scoreline. Yeah. And how close Brisbane were. 34 points. That I would have said, all they lost by. Yeah, I would have said there should have been a one in front of the uh, GWS's uh, score. Well, no Hodge, so Hodge didn't play. Hodge didn't travel over. Beams was probably one of the few highlights outside of... There's no highlights in this game. No, it was, this was a, a very, very bad game. Dour, yeah. boring. Well, the style mark from Beams, game. I thought in the first quarter was probably the major highlight, and that was about it. Yeah, and obviously a bit like North, the the, the kids at Brisbane, if they can keep a hold of them, they're going to be a very good team. I think there's enough glimpses there to sh- say that they've got a, a much upside to them, but it's more about. But yeah, we don't, want to, we don't want to sort of jump away from Brisbane too much, but the it's hard not to talk about the major factor in this. Like how. How did GWS only win this by 34? I mean, they have so much polish across the is it, ground. Is it a ploy just to like not get out of second gear? Like, but I think is that it was an arrogant thing that's going to come undone in possibly. finals. But I, the question yeah. is, is it like what we you... were discussing a minute ago? Yeah. About you know against a, a lower team not having the energy to really put the foot on the throat. Yeah, is that I, I, Especially I, so early in the season. Psychologically... Um, and they need and, percentage and, too, especially yeah. with that draw. They need percentage. Yeah, I, I, look, I, I think if, it is, if it's a deliberate ploy, I think it's the wrong ploy for the long haul. I think you've got to be ruthless when it comes to winning games Without a sport. Doubt. Because when the pressure does come, and it will come finals time, so I'm not... Obviously, GWS are going to play finals. There's too much class and they play too many home games for them not to play finals this year I mean even with injuries that they've sustained they're still winning games but that's not going to win games of football against your Richmond West Coast no. now um, Port Adelaide or Adelaide if they have to travel down there so yeah look if I was a GWS supporter I'd be so concerned at the inability to really romp home at an advantage that they've got I don't know um, when the last time that this happened but this is it gives you an example of the you know the the lack of quality in this game but also just how you know lackluster it was to watch i don't actually remember the last time this has happened i'll look it up 
but um, I, I didn't look at this ahead of time, but I had it marked down. No player in this game, so I don't know how long it's been since this has happened, but I reckon it's been a while, scored more than one goal. Zero players scored multiple goals. So if you go through it, so Zorko, one goal. Beams, one goal. Cameron, one goal. It just keeps going. Hopper, one goal. Lloyd, one goal. Taylor, one goal. Tomlinson, blah, 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 blah. Every single, for both teams, not one player scored more than a goal in the entire match. (laughs) He's going to... Google it now. Oh. I don't. I don't reckon. I. I don't remember. Certainly, out of this round, it hasn't happened. Every game we've done so far this year, there hasn't been one team. So definitely, it's older than this year. But it was. Yeah. It, it, look, that's. It was. Gives you an example. Basically, nobody got off the chain. I thought Deledio was was really good. Yeah, he was good. Again. Um, you know, Shaw's solid in defence. Everything was fine. But it, it, it. They needed to really put their foot on the on the throat, and and we didn't see that. And that's been a consistent concern. That we've had with GWS so far this year, they're playing a lot of, still playing a lot of very pretty football, and that's going to be uh, a major issue. It's definitely yeah. in finals, but against big teams, they didn't even play pretty football here. If they well, played this pretty football here, they would have won by eighty points. No, but more, more sort of very not. Yeah, no, I know what you mean. More kind of you know trying for that sort of very um, super clean. If it didn't go the right way, they you know just wouldn't bother. But look, Caniglio again, absolute smoky for the Brownlow as we highlighted um, in the season preview. Um, Zorko is someone I want to talk about. You know, just sort of pivot a bit to um, Brisbane. You know, he. Uh, was heavily tagged in the last two or three matches he's been heavily tagged and he has seriously looked out of sorts um, I don't know whether he's carrying any injuries but he looks off and it's something I was going to highlight actually last week but we just ran out of time you know often we really only cover about half of our notes if not less, less than that than, but yeah. The, the reality is that that is a bit of a concern. You know, they, they we want to see a bit more from him. He's one of their kind of marquee players, so to speak, and I thought he was pretty poor through sections of the game. And, he, you know, he really looks like he's getting taken out of the game quite heavily. Um, I'm going to keep talking. Well, yeah. Smitty looks up the no, stats. No, I can't find Did you find anything no, yet? No, I can't it, find it. Either way, it's been a long time. Um, it has to be, because I, I don't remember the last time I've seen a game where, you know, no one... Because no. normally, like, like your one side at least will dominate. You yeah. know, obviously Brisbane, you know, in that game against Richmond the other week, none of the Brisbane players scored more than one goal each. Yeah. But then like the, the other, well, well, Dusty 10. got six, and then there was a few others that got, got a stat. about five people. So. Yeah, so about 100. So, look, it's... um. Yeah, it, it, but yeah, just just to get back to this game before we you know kind of go away, I, I think to be honest, there's not a lot to take out of this game. No, the only other thing, go sorry. Oh, it's a Please. bit like Friday night's game. The better team won, but not in the style that as a. It was a lackluster game. Yeah, well, I don't like. I mean, I don't. It's weird. It's one of those juxtaposition. Uh, you don't like to see blowouts, but sometimes you like. But it it's should a be good a blowout. Side. But it should be a blowout. It yeah. absolutely should have been a blowout. Look how GWS close this year's going to be. Home against a team that's young without their seasoned quarterback. Mm. I know. I know. Yeah. GWS don't have Kelly, and they don't have a bunch of other players yet. But, but don't, I don't care. They've got enough quality in how there. How many plays do they need? We really? spoke about this last week. I don't think it's good enough. But anyway, yeah. we're, we're, we're reiterating ourselves. But the only other thing I wanted to talk about was DeBoer. Again, good. What a steal. So, do you know GWS picked him off Frio for pick 58? Yeah, that's unbelievable, isn't Turn it? it up. Talk about value. He has been fantastic at GWS. Yeah. I don't know whether he hated living over in the West or he didn't get along with Ross or didn't whatever. like playing that game style, whatever it is. But for pick 58, 
Mm. Tell you what, like he he has to be the the bargain so far this year. He looks amazing. Like he just looks so, so solid, solid for their yeah. side, and he adds some really nice grunt to their side, which at times they're missing, especially you know with um, uh, Devin Smith and you know Kelly well, and some of these other you know Scully, some of these runs, you know yeah. bits and pieces out. He's been excellent. So in terms of the way he assists across the ground, so no, that's good. I think that's the game for me. I don't think we can get too much into more into that one. But yeah, look, winless Brisbane, first time actually in their history they've started a season without winning a game in the first six games. So they normally have won at least one. So that's Jeez. quite poor. Yeah. Uh, now let's get into the next one. We have Hawthorne and St Kilda. Hawthorne won eighty nine to fifty four by thirty five points. So can I just? I'm just going to hand my notes over the trend. So sorry, it's a visual, but he's just going to scroll through mm-hmm. and. Scroll through the Hawks Saints is down the bottom, okay, and you can have a look at all the notes I've taken for oh. it. It's a blank space. It's a blank space, and I'm a Hawthorne supporter. Sorry, look, yeah, I'll take the four points. I took four notes. I'll take four points any day from any team, but this was... grind win. Oh, look, and it's, it wasn't a place. It's a, it was... a pol- polite way to say. Yeah, it was. It was, it was just a hard bad game. game. Not anything to talk about except for probably Izzy. Izzy He's Mitchell. Had, Did you see? Look there. Izzy Note number three. Izzy Mitchell. Yeah. So obviously, Izzy had a blind day. He's, He's been very good this year. And old mate Trini keeps revving up a little bit. Yeah. Two, two goals that he missed. Yeah, he's missed came against yeah. Geelong to win the game. I just like, <laughs> I, just like re- I like revving him up. But he is a seriously good player. No, yeah, what do you have? Like four kicked four goals, twenty six <laughs> touches. He was yeah. He was good and obviously need need. That. Need a lot more of that um, throughout the year for the Hawks to go deep. But uh, look, McMack, they just did what they had to do against a team that's failing at the moment in the Saints. And again, I don't want to be saying that, but it's just the fact that this season the Saints have been less than dismal. They've been atrocious. Um, and it was highlighted with their trying to kick their first goal for the game. And it was a repeat of... What happened last year in the same game? Yeah. Running into a goal and kicking the behinds. That's tough. I am. Um, That's think... like going for a holy one on a par five. Oh, God. <laughs> I mean, I, so l- tough. Let's, let's, we can be definitely sure, if we weren't already, that uh, Richo doesn't listen to um, Deep Dive. Because once again, we highlighted this two or three weeks ago. And again, it was a complete waste of time. They tagged Mitchell through the first and the second half. So first half was Steele, and the second half Dunstan took him. It was a waste of time. He's going to get. He got forty-five disposals. You know, he was really very, very good throughout the game. We'll probably get two or three votes. But by by taking your players effectively out of the game to just chase Mitchell around the ground rather than doing a whole range of other things that would be better served. So Steele was effectively taken out of the game because he was tied up trying yep. to chase. Mitchell all, all over the place. And Dunson's not a half-bad player either, and he was just, you know, completely oh. removed. So, I don't know. I know why they switched Steele off him, because they thought, well, shit, this isn't working. Maybe we put Steele on ball and see if we can get something going on. Yeah. But it was, yeah. It, look, I I don't know. I, I don't know why teams... I, I get it, because there's that whole notion of, well, what if you let him run wild and he gets 400 possessions? But then, but like... Cares? He's he had, probably going to get him anyway. He had 50 against Collingwood, and they beat us last year. Like... One player. It's again. It's a game of football. It's you can't. They can't have that much of an influence. Oh, well, they can, but not in a whole game. No. In a quarter, yes. We saw that with Kennedy um, in the Sydney Geelong game. One player can have a massive influence. Um, other than that, it's good to have. Gunston was good. Yeah, uh, the senior players are, are starting to play the type of football they should have been playing most of last year. But it, obviously, a little bit of adjustment with 
some senior players the year before leaving and some young kids coming in. But, uh, I mean, having Silk back, that being Sean Burgoyne, uh, he just... He just, again, it's a cliche saying, but it, it is what it is. He strains the Hawthorne up just because yeah. he's so polished with the football. Um, so old. He has yeah. so much experience. So the odour of football. The um, odour of footy. But Bruce he, was yeah, good too. Bruce was good. Oh, he's been great all year. He's second on the Coleman all he first. He looked good. Yeah. So look, as a AFL supporter, this game, I mean, as a Hawthorne supporter, I... I zoned in and out of it because but you're it also an like, AFL supporter as an AFL supporter I, I, it's good to obviously have another big Victorian club up and about because yeah. there's a couple that aren't up and about so to have no. Richmond and, and another one up and about is good for footy yeah. um, Saints look it's not the Saints didn't try and they probably bought the same type of game they did last week so as, as a, if you're a Saints supporter you wouldn't be disappointed from their effort but their skills they, they are far far removed from the team they were last year as far as skills go well again Steele you know he did as I said he was tied up to the first half of the games you know he got 11 tackles so you know he did some good things in disposals got a goal you know there was yep. there were some consistent things but you know, I thought Webster was okay. You know, Savage tried here and there. You know, Stephen again. You know, he's always sort of doing his bit. But you know, they just a they lack targets. But b you know, I saw a couple of other people have picked this up. I was going to talk about it last week, but again, I just we just ran out of time. You know, I just want to go back through just to talk about St Kilda because again, it wasn't the greatest game. We can use a bit of the time to talk about this. So round six St Kilda. So this is their final scoreline: seven goals, twelve. Um, if you go back to next week, uh, the week sorry, the week prior against the Giants, this was a draw. So they kicked uh, ten goals, thirteen. So again, under fifty percent. Let's go back to the one before St Kilda played Geelong. Uh, this was this was just as bad. It keeps going. So St Kilda seven goals, fourteen. I mean, I won't keep going through it, but basically every game, their 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 shots are just appalling. Yeah percentage like with just so many points and you just i know it's the it's the most underrated stat in the game and you know with the way we talk about footy we don't really kind of go two stats heavy but you know it, it's That's probably it's the, a pretty basic stat like it's about as basic as it can get you know we, we talk about efficiency all the time and that's basically it like it's yeah anyway it's it's getting well, it's, it's a, very frustrating well that's the thing it's a six-fold difference six-fold mm um, that's yeah, it's insane. Like the, well, the average, so honest, the average percentage is like sixty five percent, so that's poor. And <laughs> you don't you don't hear any supporter at the game going, oh yeah, point, you're beauty. <laughs> if we kick a lot of these, we're gonna win. Well, the problem we'll is they don't have enough players we'll to get points. We'll just keep it in. We'll just keep it in. Yeah, well, that's oh, the other problem is they don't hold within the fifty. That's another massive yeah. concern with some. Yeah, games. absolutely. No, look, yeah. Won't go into it for too long, but it was just a. It's yeah, not penny stations just no, yet, but it's not far off. But it was like, the biggest highlight for this game came up in the warm up. Oh, mate, Trini sent me a little <laughs> photo of first timer uh, oh, Hawthorne kicking a banana from around the from Near outside. Warp. Yeah, it was good. That was the only highlight. But yeah, it wasn't the, the game. Mario Kart character. He looked he looked good. But yeah. yeah, look, it was a pretty pretty just, average game. There's not much we can take away yeah. out of it. St Kilda aren't very good, and like the GWS and Hawthorne uh, are, and the dogs. Uh, not dogs. Yeah, yeah the three dogs in a row. Us. Really, we're trying to stay awake here. The next one we've got uh, Adelaide. Mm. Uh, again, not an incredible game. Adelaide and the Gold Coast Suns, 110 to 62. Adelaide won by 48. They did what they had to do, and that's really it. Walker got injured. They took him off. Yeah. They were that confident they were going to win it. They thought, "Oh, stuff it." Another hammy for Adelaide. Seven now. Yeah. Couple of hammies. 
Yeah, so the um, overtrained through the through well, the season. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, some of the, uh, the ex players are talking about this is going to be really concerning for them because if it's got to do with the training that they do, which likely it is because there's so many of them, um, it's too hard to reverse because their legs are conditioned like that for so many years um, that this those soft tissue injuries will continue to um, come around, and that's that's really sad if that's the case um i'm leaning towards uh, sports science being a little bit better than what some ex-players may think and that's mainly because i'm better than doing well the fact of the matter is that i've seen a player firsthand at hawthorne come back from having really bad yeah. soft tissue injuries and then having some really good football in him um obviously some injuries have crept back but i think that's more to do with conditioning i'm talking yeah, about yeah. cyril here if people haven't picked that up this is long it's his own. I think his current injuries have got more to do with the fact that he didn't have a proper pre-season this yeah, year. Yeah. So, anyway, um, yeah, hopefully they get it sorted and it's not a dire straits for them because if that is, you can only see more injuries coming Adelaide's way. But- so, Tom Lynch for uh, Gold Coast injured, so he's out for the next month, which is um, horrific news for the Gold Coast Suns. Lucky the- Swallow knows how to kick goals, eh? <laughs> the other Tom Lynch on Adelaide's side... Putting up a nice advertisement for uh, pick me, pick me. I want Gish. Take me, <laughs> take me. And really? I want to go back to Victoria. Oh, well, he's out of contract. It seems, oh, who knows, he might sign up. I, I think there's a big chance he goes elsewhere. Oh, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised by that at all. Again, we're not going to, you know, we don't want to go terribly into trades because, you know, not until they happen, but I think that's a big, big you, chance. You said Adelaide's Lynch, yeah. Adelaide's Lynch. So both Lynch is coming back to Melbourne? Possibly. Jeepers. Well, they're both out of contract. It's interesting, isn't it? I mean, there's a lot... Of, again, if they... Adelaide lose... Imagine if they lose Sloan and Lynch. How many people want to leave Adelaide? Why do Port keep a lot of these players? Yeah. So anyway, that's that's another whole thing which we'll get into in the yeah. trade period later in the year. But look, I thought Seedsman again was outstanding. I think he's almost all Australian at the moment. Um, I've been... We've spoken about him nearly every week. I've been really... Yeah, it was, and it was Anzac, but you said... He has a great Anzac week, and he did last week as well mm. in the Anzac round. He did. So. He was fantastic. No, no, you're right. He was, he was very, very good. Laird, I thought, was quite good. Oh, he's all Australian, definitely, at the moment. Douglas, three goals, 21 possessions. Like, you know, there was there was some solid highlights out of it. Look, again, we keep repeating it, but what do you say? I mean, it, it, they did what they had to do, Yeah. and Gold Coast just aren't good enough. No. That, you know, their defence struggled against, you know, the, the, the relatively potent forward line that Adelaide have, even without, you know, some of the, the mids... Assisting and obviously um, Tex Walker, but uh, yeah, look, I, what do you say? I mean, I, I think Adelaide were, were consistent. You know, we've sort of gone through them enough. I thought Gallucci as well. That the, the the new kid was was solid. Um, mm, you know, some good. of the defenders were pretty good, but they didn't have much to do. Like I can't really highlight too much of the defence. Like the, you know, Gold Coast were poor, and and you could tell during the game, no one scored over one goal for for Gold Coast. You know, and you could tell that. Um, Gold Coast Lynch had had issues, and then you know they confirmed that you know he's going to be out for the next, next month. month. So yeah, disappointing. Not ideal. Very disappointing. Um, obviously, the start of the year, very start of the year, the Suns. We nearly picked him for the Coleman. Well, yeah, there's that. But as a whole, we, everyone thought GW, oh, GW, Gold so the Gold Coast would be super competitive. But obviously, they they're, they're going to be against lesser teams, but. Oh man, if they want to play finals, they're going to have to start at least getting competitive oh. against an Adelaide in Adelaide, but then beat a, a Hawthorne or an Essendon 
away. But once again, uh, you know... I, but it's, I can't it's, see it happening. I know through these games, you know, we are talking a lot of more overall stuff, but it's hard when the games aren't as, you know, entertaining to watch. But that said, let's take the opportunity to talk about another thing. Queensland football looks terrible at the moment. Both teams look really bad. I mean, that's the thing. I mean, I know, you know, Gold yeah. Coast were, were, were good at times through this year, but are they going to make the eight? No. Uh, not on, no, 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 this no way. Performance. And Brisbane, they won a game. Brisbane, so no, I mean, like, this is the thing. Like, it, we, how many years can we keep going with both of them looking relatively poor, if not extremely poor? I don't know. In terms of highlights out of out of Gold Coast, I mean, look, there's not a lot to Swallows, to love. Anyone? Swallows probably hard, about it. Played through the middle and kicked three goals. I thought he was pretty good all game. Yeah, he's about as good as you're going to get. Um, you know, I thought Lyons as well was solid. Which we highlighted him. Uh, I think he won, he won the heat check a couple of times. Once mm. definitely, it might have been round two. Miller was good. Um, you know, May's going to clearly get a lot of offers at the end of the year as well. Speaking of um, out of contract players, but yeah, I. I yeah, another know. game that didn't really have highlights. No, that again, like the you know the Carlton um, and dogs, the Catton, sorry, in uh, the first game, you know, Gold Coast did not look like winning at at, all. at, at any no. stage. Um, you know, there's there's you have a look at the worm. We'll just... go through the go through the scoreline. So the scores at the end of the first quarter, four four to two one. End of the second, ten seven to three four. End of the third, 13-9-7-6. So they End of the fourth, 16-14-9. Yeah. So the only real thing, and 9-8 for the last thing, the only thing to take away out of that is that, yeah, the, the Gold Coast actually were playing they relatively well in the, in the third, third quarter. quarter. yeah. But we've seen this year, and this often, you know, people seem to forget, but just a lot, a lot of the times, like, you know, the only thing with the third quarter stats at the moment... Essendon haven't won a third quarter, which we will get into in a minute. They've lost every, every single, single one of them on. so far this year, which that's a concern. Yeah, massive concern. But Geelong have lost a couple. Even some of the better teams have, have only barely won them. So I, I'm not <clears throat> sort of going to jump too heavily yeah. into it right yet, but I know what you mean. It, it It's good, but, you know, a lot of teams... And I, I, I think Adelaide are, are a good side. Yeah. So I'm not kind of, you know, too worried about... Oh, Given they bled the other three, I was gonna say, really... There's no point winning in the third quarter if you get smacked by six goals to two in the <laughs> final quarter. Exactly, matter. yeah. So it's more, I think, you know, a bit of fatigue and just getting used to the pace yeah. of AFL early on. So I, that'll, that'll balance out. And that happens that happened last year as well. Yeah. So. But yeah, not probably not too much more to discuss out of this game. Um, you know, they did what they had to do. It sounds like in terms of injuries, they might get Sloan back next week. Um, you know, Walker, we'll get more into the, the preview with that. So Yeah, they call it the Super Saturday football. It was actually a sloppy Saturday. <laughs> well, that's a good description because I mean really outside of Geelong Sydney the rest of the game so yeah I mean there was not much to take I mean the really I mean the beams mark at the end at the you know, first quarter for Brisbane was one of the few exciting things and the Warple goal was in the warm up yeah that's true it wasn't the, even the in the war- game <laughs> me, like, let's get into the Sunday where it definitely gets better absolutely so the first game was a bit of a busted ass the Zeg were fantastic so well, Sunday on the 29th the second half of the first game was a busted ass the first half yeah was first half okay. yeah so uh, 29th yeah. Sunday uh, Essendon lost to Melbourne 72-108 by too many goals by too many goals so Melbourne won by 36 points in the end uh, what a game of two halves and I mean that in a lot of ways so the, yeah. the first 
first half was one of the worst half of halves of football I've ever seen. So the end of the first half score was five seven to four seven. Mm, horrible. Nine goals. Nine goals from two teams. From two teams in who a are meant half to, of football. But who are meant to have this run and amazing and scoring ability. ability, and they play this, and it was ugly. Football. It was terrible. Yeah, this was real. This the first half was very bad. And like this is the thing where I can a lot of people are mounting their arguments for the look of the game out of this first half and I, I agree. Yeah. The you look could of the not game say, you was, can't sell this overseas this game. Like if you're gonna dish that type of everyone else in the sporting world will go, huh? Well we love the game. We really, really like this game and we were both struggling to watch this first half. This was there was it was riddled with errors. It was, you know, a comedy of errors. Like, it was just awful. Clangers. 57, Heat. Essen, 49, <laughs> Melbourne. Wow. Over 100 clangers for the game. More more clangers than clearances. Wow. That's it's probably not what you want to see in a game of football for two teams that, yeah, should be much better positioned on the ladder than they are, according to the names on pieces of paper. What's the nature of the clangers as well? I mean, to have so many out of bounds. Like, you know, you you can often see sort of, you know, 80, 90 clangers in a game total, but to have so many out of bounds was just absurd. Like, it started to lose count. Like, it yeah. was just obscene. So, anyway. yeah, look... Um, Let's break it down. So, we start with Essendon so first. Or you we, wanna... Well, I was going to say, where, did Mel- where do you think Melbourne won it? I mean, it's... Man How was the man, game? Man with a beard. Yeah, I think I think Gorn was very good. Um, you know, he, he was pretty shaky for the goals at the start, but you know, generally speaking, yeah. I mean, I think I think Mel. Well, I think I think the fatigue affected Essendon more than it affected Melbourne. I think I think Melbourne dealt with the break better because really Essendon Essendon you know really only played forty minutes of football. 30, 40 minutes max yeah. through this whole game. And that's a massive concern. Well, the thing was... Because they both had short breaks from the Anzac Massive short breaks, games. yeah. So it's just interesting. I mean, Essen, if you just look at their scores quarter by quarter, where they're more consistent. Melbourne, all of a sudden, just went, oh, hang on, we could win this game after half time. So they yeah. kick, basically, so as as Trent said, five goals, seven to Essen and four goals, seven to yeah. Melbourne at half time. In the second half, Richmond kicked... Five goals, five, mm. and Melbourne kicked twelve goals, five. So I don't know. I didn't get to see a lot of this game. I watched highlights and a bit of I the most first of quarter. Mm. And oh, look, it would have been a very hard game to sit through and watch if you a when the non-supporter, but if you're a yeah. supporter, you'd be very hard done by. I reckon. I mean, the main so the main look the main takeaway for me out of this whole game was that. So Melbourne were letting Essendon in the first half dictate the game. So they they were basically letting them play their style of game in terms of the speed of it, the style of it. They were really playing into them. And then the second half, Melbourne just didn't allow that to happen. They just basically turned around and thought, well, hang on, let's just slow this down. We're missing targets. We're we're not seeing you know players in better positions. We're allowing Essendon to dictate the pace of this game. Yeah. No. And they basically t- turned it around. I mean, I thought Jordan Lewis summed it up really well at halftime. That's effectively what he said. Mm. He just said, oh, look, we're, we're definitely in it. I mean, the big problem is we're allowing Essendon to... Dic-. That's basically what he said. Not verbatim, but it's effectively what he was saying. Was that they... You know, it was a really interesting half because normally the players don't really give much. But he, I thought he was really honest. And that's exactly what happened. So they came out in the second half and, and just, you know, didn't allow that to happen. So... And it will break down the teams. I mean, Essendon 
Jeez. Uh, I mean, I, I think fatigue is, is a, definitely a concern out of this game. They, they looked a lot less fit, I think, especially in the second half compared to Melbourne. They looked like they lacked a lot of run. Uh, Heppel was way down, um, you know, compared to what he's capable of. You know, even Hurley as well, who we've lauded a lot this year, was, was definitely down. Um, God, I was a bit better after that abusive uh, stuff from the week before. But again, not not amazing. You know, when, I, I, I often think of Zaharakis as a barometer. And, you know, when he's clanging it and, and coughing it up, like... Then, then if you're Essendon, you're pretty damn concerned. But he was still yeah, pretty he was, damn good. I'm saying he was a, no, probably, I know. He was very good. Players, but yeah, you know, he was. He was. I know what but, you mean, though. Yeah, but that's the thing. If he's coughing it coughing up. Coughing it up, yeah. Oh, so, that, yeah, there was... Merritt was... You know, he tried. You know, there was there was some consistent stuff. Um, you know, Merritt score on... You know, 29 disposals, 10 tackles. You know, he was he was pretty consistent. But, yeah. oh, look, I, I, I think there was some... You know, Saad as well. You know, they... One thing with Saad, I've found this year, you know, in the first half, they were using his run really well outside of defence and it was really assisting Essendon. Um, you know, it was it was really helping setting them up and we'll talk about, you know, setting up scores from defence in a minute. Yeah. But, you know, the, the big thing was, will sort of roll from Saad. But again, some of the bigger bodies, you know, in, in Melbourne, I think some of the success that teams have had against Essendon so far this year is, is, is yes, he's fast, you're Saad. He's not a big guy, and yeah. a lot of teams, have, a lot of teams have just used their bodies and just belted him out of the way. Yeah. So I, I think, um, yeah, that that is a bit of a concern. You know, if your Hurleys and and hookers are a little bit down, that that Sard's run in that Johannesson style twenty sixteen setup is 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 not going to work. Um, look, it, it it's hard not to talk big picture out of this game as well. I mean, is Wush's coaching outdated? We raised this two or three weeks ago, and I saw it get raised again. I haven't watched much of the footy shows, mm. but I saw this get raised again during the week. So we'll sort of pivot into this, and then and then the next thing we we're going to talk about, which is the so Bombers are, are number one in the league for scoring for scoring from the defensive half. That's not a stat you want to be number one in. No. So they're they're, they're not getting anywhere near enough inside 50s and they're not being anywhere near efficient enough when they get in there yeah that's horrible their play on at all costs is not working their run they're playing so they they basically lost their run and they're playing a play on at all costs run style game what happens when I mean like it's like what we talked to with Melbourne the other week yeah. You can't execute those skills. skills. Don't, you can't Plays, play that style. Back You're going to have to play. Exactly. Keeping it off. Just hit the target. Not this week. Do it next, do it next week. Do it after. Well, you know. Keep playing like this. <laughs> it no. will be yeah, for you guys. But, I mean, look, Essendon, you know, as I said before, they haven't won a game. They haven't won a, sorry, won a, game. They won a third it's quarter a all year. Yeah. That's... Melbourne got seven goals in a quarter. That, that's, it, they, you know, we can't, you can't have this happening. You know, Melksham, I, th- I thought, you know, he liked playing his old side. Um. It's interesting you mention I've, I've In my notes, I've got him down as he's starting, good. To be, starting to be a leader of that club. Yeah, he's yeah. showing some, some strong leadership. Good um, observation. Yeah, the last two games, last two last two or three games, uh, like he's gone in to settle his teammates down rather than getting fired up and belting someone like he's done in the past. Um, and yeah, and then obviously it's been very, very... Good in there um, in the second half, especially. I thought he was very, very influential. I know we don't want to be too reactionary, but do do you think? Are you concerned about this? Well, I'm. We, I know you'd be concerned about the style that Essendon's playing. You, you've identified that, but overall, big picture, 
are you concerned about Wush's coaching in terms of the way they're coaching this team? At this stage, is it a concern for you? Well, considering that they don't have any injuries, so they've got their best team out in the That's paddock. The thing they actually don't have that many injuries. They've had so many all compared to a lot of other, other teams, teams. Yes, they've got injuries, but their injury list is nowhere near as, as obscene. It's not top line. It's not top line players well, that are missing. Well, but the question is: Is Hebelinjani still playing? Like a lot of these. That's the question. Is a lot. Of, is why a lot of these players are down? Is are they playing with injuries? It's yeah. Like how Sloan was down, and we were like, "What's wrong with him?" Lift, and then we, you know, we find out he's so got ultimate foot issues. So Hannabry, same. Hannabry. Well, we, it was funny how we picked her. We both said mm. Hannabry looked down, and and then you know the, he he was he yeah. out. But um, no, look, it's one of those. I know it's early, but very early there. They're too classy of a team to write off. Um, and I think Wusher could give them any... I don't think they're playing the game plan the way it's meant to be played. No. Because they have got all, a lot of dash and run and carry type players. Um, but if, like you said, if you're not executing it, then it's not the game plan that's the issue. It's the players being able to execute. And mm. they could, that could happen. Like It happened with... Who was it on the teams? Collingwood. Collingwood. All of a sudden, just clicked in. And look at them now. They, they just... Just what they do, they just play. So, look, I think Essendon are on the right tra- track. I'd actually, yeah. I'm, I'm more concerned that it hasn't clicked this season yet. That's what wow. my concern is. It's just not, it's not clicking. So, uh, I'm sure it will though. Well, at some point it will. The concern is they're looking a bit flaky, and I don't know whether it's going to happen this year. And that, that is a concern. Yeah, I don't think Wush's coaching is on the line. If it doesn't improve into next year, let's just say that this season becomes a write-off, then. He will be um, pushing the proverbial. Well, I think that's yeah. going to be start to be become a bit more of a concern. But the last thing on Essendon for me, it, Stringer was worth the investment. I, I think he was. I think he's been I good enough. He's been serviceable. Um, that that goal that he handed off to Danaher, so the Danaher could get into the crowd. I, I saw a few fans saying, "Oh, good on um, uh, Stringer for trying to get Joey involved in the game." I don't know. I mean, if he's if he's playing so poorly. Like, do you want to dish that goal off and no. get Melbourne back into the game? That's yeah. the thing. I mean, I know I saw a lot of Essendon fans say that, and I'm not having a go at anyone specifically. But, you know, 10 or 15 minutes later, Melbourne are back in the game. That was a certain goal Stringer could have kicked. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm more a win at all costs, you know. Yeah, absolutely. I get you want to get your players involved, but I don't, I don't know. I, that, that was a bit funny for me. But, yeah, look, I mean... The big thing with Essen is they just completely fell away. Um, you know, Ambrose and Hogan was a cool battle, I thought, in the game. I yeah. thought that was a really nice kind of storyline. Yeah, probably even evenly balanced there. Mm. I don't think one, one was much better than the other. No. Um, Devin Smith's first half was pretty good. You know, he's, he's still adding really nice run. He's, you know, playing yeah, he, way above his height. But Oh, yeah, exactly right. Look, the three big names that Essen came in have all done their part. This is probably Sard's only failure as a game so far. Yeah, but by no, it's not dire. Um, Stringer's obviously working himself in. He's played some really good football the last two games. And Devin Smith's just been Devin Smith. He's yeah. just gone. Be like when he was at GWS. He yeah. he's the midfielder that just maybe talked about. Uh, which it. I'm, I think he likes it that way. Not being in the limelight. No, he yeah. just go out and rack well, up he's getting a game every week. Getting a game well. every week. That's it. Playing with Zach Merritt and. McGrath and these guys, I think he's having a bit of fun out there at the same time. I'm sure he'd have more fun when they win, but no, they've done some really good recruiting. Uh, let's pivot a bit into Melbourne because we talked a lot about Essendon. I mean, again, Melbourne, I thought, started really slow. I thought they took about 15, 20 minutes 
really, to get their defence sorted, which is a massive concern. It take that long to get your defensive structures together. Mm. Um, you know, they got pierced really, really early. I mean, so, you know, there was, a, there was a point in the second quarter where 84% of the second quarter towards the end was played in the Demons' forward half, and they basically got nothing out of it. So, you know, not to get two stats heavy, but, you know, the kicking efficiency, 73 to 58, you know, Melbourne ahead, like, it, it's it's good, but, you know, we, that was that at one point, it was it was there towards the end of the game, but at one point, you know, Melbourne's efficiency was, was very, very poor as well. So I, I don't know. I mean, that that's uh, there's some concerns with Melbourne, especially in the first half. But look, they did oh, what they did, and a lot of players out. You know. Oh, absolutely, there is. It just the fact that Melbourne won the way they did only compounds the issues of Essendon. That's the thing. People will ignore a lot of the issues, and, and I, I think Melbourne didn't win this as much as Essendon no. lost it. That and that's exactly it. That's a very good way to summarize yeah. it. No, definitely not. Oh yeah, I'll, I mean. Gorn is back to his brilliant best, yeah, and yeah. Um, and and look, yeah, and the Melchams and your and your Lewises and stuff like that are doing. But I would I wouldn't be sitting there going, oh, I'm great to be a Melbourne supporter. Where no, are no, absolutely not, not after that. I'd be on the concern, is what I'd be. Yeah, if they were if they were on the up, they wouldn't have only had wouldn't five. have that trash first half. Yeah, I was gonna say it would have been eight or nine or ten goals in the first half. Brayshaw was good as well. Yeah, he's good. Good, looks good. I thought young Spargo was really solid as well. I like Mr. Spargo. Sounds like a Bond villain, Spargo. I like him. He was really good. He, two goals, you know, it was Charlie Spargo. What a great name. Yeah. Um, but yeah, look, I know, it, it was, it was um, I don't know how to pronounce his name. The Is it Frisch? Bailey Frisch? Bradley Frisch. Is it Frisch? Yeah. We'll call him Frisch. I thought, yeah. <laughs> I thought that was good. I thought he was solid, Mr. Frisch. He got yeah. 3-1. Um, yeah, look, it was... There's not again another not an amazing game, so it's sort of hard to kind of go too heavily into it. But major storylines out of it, for, for as we've spoken about, you know, it's, it's yeah. Essendon's first. Well, both the teams' first half was horrific, really, and in the second half, Essendon, you know, I think a lot of concerns. I think a lot of players from that game are very happy that there was a dickhead supporter in the crowd to be a, to know, take the limelight off. Limelight, pretty. Maybe they paid him enough. Oh, maybe. Because the, the skill levels, and that's why he didn't lose his membership. Oh, the skill levels just aren't what you'd expect from AFL teams. And again, I watch this with a bunch of Queenslanders who don't watch much AFL, and they're wanting to learn and wanting to see a bit about it. And this was not the game to have shown them. But half the time, when we were outside of family functions and we had some time to watch a football game, it was trash, trash. It's like, oh, I'm sorry about this. I felt like I had to apologise on behalf of um, AFL. Getting I'm food sorry from about this. Like getting food from the uh, the prison rec hall. Just yeah. slops everywhere. But yeah. <laughs> oh, what? It's a funny analogy. I um, One other thing I was going to say too, aside from Melbourne starting very slowly, you know, they, they just are so easy to read. Like Hooker early on was just like, oh yeah, you're going to go there. Oh, run mm-hmm. in front of you. It happened constantly early on. Melbourne looked like... So, I was like, wow, Essendon are going to blow them away here. Like Melbourne looked so disorganised. Yeah. As I said, they just look completely... Yeah, when they come up against a team that's got really good uh, defensive Geelong structure... Geelong will pile like, on 50 points before you get to that point. Or a GWS I, or a I, Richmond will yeah, belt them. Belt them, Adelaide. These teams have got def- defensive structures. Power, like, and yeah, then score, yeah. But they're... Yeah, unbelievable. Anyway, let's the, keep moving. Talk um, about some real games. <laughs> talk about some good football games. Yeah, that's it. So uh, at the G, Collingwood lost to Richmond seventy to one hundred and thirteen. So, so Richmond in the end won by forty three points. Yeah. So these two two teams came these off the teams. same. These two came these off the same break as the two teams that played 
that night before. And guess what? No fatigue. How much percent better was this game? Oh, this was proper football. Yeah, it was. It and was really the, good. And the the final margin was way flattering for Richmond. They piled on the last few goals in the last 10 minutes of the game. Up until early stages of the fourth quarter, it was pretty even game of football. Yeah, so if you didn't see this game, so we'll, we don't, we're not going to go through the scores of every single game, but for this one specifically, because it does highlight a very different story. So the end of the first quarter, 2-2 two, two to 3-4, Richmond's favour. Second quarter, Collingwood's favour, 5-7-4-9. So Collingwood actually were leading. Um, and then the third quarter, 7-9 to 8-14 in just in Richmond's favour. So again, they not like they were like, you know, significantly ahead. And then only in the fourth quarter, we've got 10-10 to 16-17. So literally, literally kicked eight goals in a quarter. And, and it took them three quarters to keep that many initially. Yeah. So. And Richmond's scoring power, we spoke about it already. You know, they're kicking under 50%, but they're still winning basically every game. Because so they get it in there enough. That's the thing, they, they get, get it in there so spread. many times. Well, enough um, options. Enough options. Again, let's have a look. How many goal kickers did they have? One, two, three, four, five. <laughs> Only had seven, but one, two, three. Yeah, but a lot four, of multiples, five, though. But yeah. five of them are multiple goal multiples, kickers. Multiples, yeah. So, and Caddy so, was really good. And that's probably something we haven't highlighted in previous episodes. If you're getting a sh- smaller spread, but they're all multiple goal that's kickers, fine. because effectively that's a spread. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, Caddy's. Well, it depends on the style of game too. Like, you know, Cotchum was used in different ways through this game. You know, he was used, you know, to sort of, you know, really lock up a lot of the defence throughout the midfield at times and, and allow, you know, people to create different sections of space. So he didn't really get too many chances to score your one point, but I don't think there was too many times he was that close to it. You know, Lambert last week was incredible, but again, you know, he wasn't sort of right in the middle of the thick of it, sort of. You know, Martin as well was sort of doing a few different things. So, you know, Collingwood got an amazing midfield. So to be fair, like a lot of these kind of key pillars were tied up with other things. Oh, yeah. Rather than necessarily, you know, having to allow scoreboard pressure. And But look, good game. Really good game. Really entertaining game. Decent game. crowd too, which was nice. Game like, of the rucks again. Well, that's, that's the other thing too. How can you get excited about, you know, <laughs> Brisbane versus Jet of Yes? There's like four people there. Like, there's just no atmosphere. So even when you're not at the game, just watching it on the telly, it's hard to get excited when there's like one person there. Yeah. Like when you're watching, you know, this game. That what was it? Seventy, eighty thousand. I don't know. I didn't 75, see the well, There you go. So yeah. in the middle of the two. So it was. It was. It was a. You know, really, really, really good game. Um, you know, Richmond. You know, spoke about all their shots. Thirty-three shots to twenty. I mean, Richmond just had so many shots at goal. They were just you know constantly in there. Um, you know, troll. Going to. We'll start with sort of. Um, Collingwood, you know, Trelaw and Cox were really good. I mean, all of a sudden, Cox, how much better does Cox look? I mean, I know Trelaw had ridiculous numbers, but I'll tell you what, Cox, I was really happy with. I thought Cox looks great. 2-1, he really presented well. You love a big Cox. He, um... (laughs) He presents really well, but he does though. Like yeah, he, no, he's, he, he, he marks has, it because he's like six foot hundred. He marks at such an incredible height. If someone, if you had to watch round one or round two, Mason Cox, everyone would have gone. Oh, that's nice. That's not a bad cost. They're allowing they're allowing a, a young kid to. He play was flaccid early on, but now he's nice <laughs> now and he's hard. hard up. Um, <laughs> no, well, no, yes, he's too. But no, yeah. he was he was good. No, he's I, turned a corner, hasn't he? He's turned, he has turned a couple of corners. I thought, um, you know, look, Oscar Elliott, 
good as well. So they're going to be without Aish for a while. Aish was injured. There's a bunch of injuries that came out of this game. Cash Main, I reckon, is probably going to go back to the VFL. Um, yeah, but look, Trelaw obscene. One goal, 42 possessions. Uh, so he won the Anzac medal, and you know there was no dispute there. He had, he had, you know, he was basically a triple double VFL. He had ridiculous numbers. Uh, Penderbury as well. You know, 29, 12, 17. You know, like he was pretty good disposal kicks, handballs. Like he was really, really consistent as well. Um, you know, look, there was there was a quality team effort, and that's what Collingwood have provided throughout the year, and that's been really impressive. Um, you know, there was some some consistent tackles throughout the team as well. You know, there was a, a bunch yeah. of players that got over five and six and seven and eight and nine. So, yeah, look, it was it was a really good effort from Collingwood. I think it shows about again, in a way, you can look at it and sort of say, look, it's about where each team's at. I think Richmond are ahead of Collingwood, but that's just me. I don't think, but I don't, unless you even die hard Collingwood supporter, surely you'd have to agree that Richmond are ahead, they just won the flag. Not die hard, you have to be blind. Blind, yeah. Literally. Like, yeah, Colling- Colling- no, Collingwood are going to be a good team this year and hard to beat. And really, probably should be Game playing Game plan finals. looks good again, though. Like, it does, but they are not it. in the same no. league as... Well, I personally don't think there's any team in Richmond's league. There's another league under that, and then a league that's stacked with teams under that. And then there's, then there's the D-League. At the moment, it probably looks like that. But, yeah, I think, you know, give it another four or five weeks, and I reckon there'll be another either a West Coast or a JWS. I reckon you'd have to. If they keep winning, and you'd have to start to put them in the same. You know, <laughs> I'm trying to I'm trying to downrate Richmond. I've done this my whole life. Yeah. You've got to understand, I'm, it's going to take me a couple of premierships to pivot out of this behaviour. Oh, so you'll be out of this behaviour this time <laughs> next year. You'll be guilty. <laughs> well, next year's podcast, I might be a bit more optimistic. Yeah. But, 3B, 3B. <laughs> oh, no. But what were some of your other major takeaways? Where was the game won? Where, uh, yeah, where did you feel that, you know, R- Richmond really pulled ahead? I know we've talked about, you know, scoring pressure. But, you know, where, where did you feel the game was won? Oh, look, this, the, the, what the big difference was, not effort or any of the hard stuff. They were pretty even. It's just there's about seven or eight A-graders on Richmond's list. And Collingwood are probably going to go at three or four. So that spread of real class just exposed them. They just knew when to um, get out of fifth gear and, and get into sixth um, at different periods, but especially in that last quarter. They saw an opening. They saw that Collingwood was probably starting to fatigue and slow a bit, and they just went for it. I don't think that was a big, big difference. It's interesting. You know, look, I think Grundy was really good. Grundy actually won the hitouts over Nankervis, but... Richmond won the clearances, twenty-five. Uh, sorry, thirty-five to twenty-five. So you can argue in a lot of respects. And I thought this watching the game. So I watched the game pretty much without looking at my phone the yep. whole time. So I just 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 watched the game. I wasn't watching the stats. I was. I actually didn't take too many notes till after I'd finished watching the game. Okay. Yep. I just sort of approached it a bit differently, and because I've seen I've seen every every game these two teams have played this year. So I've seen a lot of them. Yeah. I just wanted to kind of look at a couple of different things. But I think the quality, interestingly, I didn't pick this before the game, but the quality of Nan Curvis's uh, hit-outs, at times, I would say, were better than Grundy's. I think where he was hitting it was clever. I think he's, he's, I think Nan Curvis's ability, and Nick Nat does this very well, and a lot of the better Ruckman have the ability to do this. They talk about it in a clock. So, yep. you know, they do, you know, they do the, the rehearsals in terms of, you know, hit it at 2 o'clock, 6 o'clock, 10 o'clock, whatever. Mm. In terms of, you know, thinking about this as an actual clock in terms of where they're going to hit it. It's sort of like the NFL punters where they're going to throw it, you know, with, through the... Um, yeah, when they call it... The call quarterback the, calls the numbers. Calls the numbers, yeah. yeah. So a similar play. notion. Yeah. But, you know, I thought Nankervis's ability now, he's getting better at hitting to different points. And I think that's making Richmond even more potent and dangerous through the centre. 
Yeah, absolutely. So, and well, he was the most efficient player on, like, if you're into like the I had a pro sports and stuff like that. He had 29 yeah. touches, and though he was very influential. Solid, so. but Gr- Grundy won the hit ads. But then it's all yeah. about it's still about what you do with it. It's sort of like how Sam Ruckman beats Sandlance. Sandlance is always going to get more hit ads. He's 100 tall. Yeah, but that 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 said, like That's you know, it it does come down to the quality. So, but yeah, look, major. Um, Major stats, you know, Collingwood would be happy they won the tackle 69-57, you know, but it's all about the quality and how many times you're going inside 50 as well. You know, you look at Richmond, 67-51, to they won the inside 50s. Tackles inside fifty was was pretty consistent though. Even the the, um, efficiency is not that far off. Um, You know, only 10% more to Richmond, but that 10% can mean a lot. Like, there's just so much more, you know, shots. So, 33 shots to 20, as I mentioned earlier. So, yeah. Have you got any other major takeouts from nah. this game? It's about look really. again, sort of about where they're at, but it was a lot better to watch. It wasn't like you know, bet where they're at. Gold Coast are rubbish, Adelaide are good. Do you know what I mean? We're not saying that. No, but it, absolutely. No, yeah, it was much great better game to game. watch. Um, but yeah, cream rose to the top, and Tigers did what the Tigers do best, and that's just put teams away. I thought as well. Um, commentators were just frothing over Alex Rance, like they always do. Oh, and I think Alex Rance is a very good player. I'm not saying he's a bad player, but you know they talk about him as though he's better than Scarlett already, and he's just the greatest thing since sliced bread. I would um, say he's having a pretty average year at the moment. He's had a very bad year, actually, and it was something that we had written down in our notes, but we didn't get round to, to talking mm. about it. We spoke about it in the Adelaide game. That's the worst game I've seen him play. Yeah. But um, I thought it was funny. One of the commentators um, highlighted uh, Rance, and then a minute later, Cox beat him in a one-on-one. Yeah. Um, this kid has never played AFL until he was, what, like 20? 20. 20, yeah. So, <laughs> so I mean, I'm not sure he's, uh, you know, quite got Scarlo so just got, yet. No, but... definitely not. He's miles behind Silvani and a few other. Yeah, as well. <laughs> two or three others. But um, got to get excited as a Richmond supporter then, didn't it? don't you? Still belt teams where you yeah, key, key defenders just filling his <laughs> way through the game. Well, remember how only two years ago everybody said no Rance, no Richmond. Yeah. I don't know about that anymore. Not anymore. It doesn't. Yeah. The ball doesn't go back that way too well, often. So <laughs> At the moment it's not. Not But it's moment. still, you know, you still want him to be up Oh, and, you'd up want him to be... You, would want, you, you don't want any of your players on uh, on the field having quiet games or inefficient in, 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 games. Yeah, it's the word. Um, or not being having any influence. So, um, you know, who cares when you... When, Winning by 40, 40 points and got yeah. a back line like they do. I guess it doesn't it doesn't affect Richmond like it would affect some other teams having their key defender um, having poor games like that. So, um, well, other than that, no, Rich, look. It was about where it was at. About, yeah. about where it's at, yeah. I um, I don't think we want to go, and we spoke about this off here, I don't think we want to go too heavily into goal review decisions and stuff like that. But I, that Lyndon Dunn goal review was... I put it up on our Instagram. Um, I thought that was absurd. Like, that was clearly over this, the line. I'm not has blind. This, has like, this round just said, get rid of it? Like, seriously? Yeah, I Heaney, think if they can't get it right, the Heaney one, one as well. Oh. Yeah, there was a lot. There was a you bunch of... You can't get it right. Nothing... Everyone goes, oh, it's got to be was inconclusive. Was it like, was it Heaney? Was it Heaney? Yeah, everyone... But the goal was never awarded to Heaney. Oh, the okay. guy who topos yeah, it... Yeah. Was clearly the ball was well and truly over the line, but yeah. it looked like it could have clipped Heaney's heel on the way through. But the goal actually, right. so they reversed it, but awarded it to I think it might have been Cunningham. Not sure, but anyway, anyway, it was yeah, just another. We, yeah, we we kind of made the decision not to go too heavily into it. Yes, it affects the game, but I think we'd only kind of heavily go into it if they decide to either get rid of it, it or massively final. re. Well, that's exactly it. If there's a Hawkins type 
point. It's a goal. Let's yeah. hope that doesn't happen, but no. it's uh, looking like it might. Last game of the round, because um, we've got to keep going, because then we're going to record the um, preview for next round as well. Fremantle lost to the West Coast Eagles 81-89 to in, I would say, probably match the round, but certainly yeah. right up there. Now, this was finally good. Finally, finally, I got a game that I could show people that they wasn't embarrassed to sort of show yeah. up there. But what did you think, mate? Um, Good takeaways. Oh, look. Surprisingly enough, I think both teams could feature in finals this year. I think they will. So that that's a big key for me. Um, and just the Eagles' ability to withstand the continuous um, pressure that Freo threw at them, uh, especially in that last quarter... Um, to just hold them off um, and get away with this win was class. And as we talked about earlier, I think West Coast's biggest upside is the fact that they're the, they're the most uh, um, potent team in AFL in my eyes. They've got ability to score from every Everywhere. line. Yeah. yeah. I mean, West Coast look amazing. We went into that a little bit earlier. Um, I mean, Hearn is maybe the most under... He won the medal on the day. I mean, he's almost the most underrated... Yeah, defender in the game. Captain I mean, that, I mean, as well. Again, you know, you could look at him. I mean, imagine, you know, talk about aging backlines for all Australian. McVeigh, Grundy, Hearn doesn't look half bad. Yeah, like <laughs> they're, they're doing three, everything three right. pretty ancient blokes. But I tell you what, doing they don't right. mug around. And they, no. they, they'd out. I mean, they look a shitload better than Rance. But imagine how many people right now would go, no, Rance, Rance. But, no, I'm sorry. But, yeah. He's not being consistent at Laird's all. Laird's not a young player either. He's, he's probably on the half-back yeah, flank. Absolutely. There's a, we, should, we should try to do it. Well, we will do sort of a pre-guess of what the All-Australian will be towards the end of the year before it gets announced. But And we'll kind of talk about it a bit after it's announced. We'll do a mid-season one too. We could, yeah, maybe we look at doing a mid-season yeah, one. Yeah, we continue to go through. And yeah, that's it. That's it. Maybe, well, maybe we do the two. We'll do one yeah. and then see how it compares. Um, well, so Freer were down rotation, so Walters went out. Uh, apparently, the injury's not as bad as they thought it was. So it looks like it's only going to be two, two to weeks. three max, but it might be only two. So that's good. They were thinking it could have been a lot worse. Yeah, which is good. And they did they did miss him. And just having another big target up forward in Tavener being out, um, that didn't help. But didn't help. Yeah. Five, I mean, look, Fife, it's hard not to wear Fife always, but Fife was obscene. Um, Nathan Brownlow, from our joke last week, I thought he was really absurd. How'd they, won, how'd they won that game? You know who else was absurd? Wow. And he must love the fact that Nat, Nat is back playing his best. And that's Neil. Lucky Neil. Neil. Yeah, I was just about to say, old mate Neil. <laughs> he, he, he busted his he, ass to win that game. Didn't he have like 400,000 touches again? Like, this kid... I think he's got a kid, but... Oh, he's... 35. 35. And... Nobody's talking about him. Yeah, he just well, he's in fun. the West, yeah. 82. So look at his disposal 82. efficiency. 82%. Wow. Well, yeah. Uh, it's fair to say. Sickening he, unit. He uh, just goes about his business. 21 uncontested possessions. Yeah. Just Fife gets it on the inside. He gets Six it on the Six score involvements. Yeah. No, he's a, he's a, he's a pretty good player. So. Yeah, he doesn't muck around, hey. No, they... um. Fremont look good. I mean, I, I, I yeah. like, we'll break it down. We'll do Freo. Pierce in defense. Pierce looked great, especially you know with um, you know the, with Walters you know not being and it's sort of a number of sort of things out, out of their normal structure. He stood up. Yeah, he was good. Yeah, absolutely. So now there's a lot of lot of um, ups for Freo, and that's probably the only game they lose over there for the rest of the year now. You would think so. Yeah, you would think so. Oh, sorry, except for the. 
other derby, they might lose that as well. Yeah, well, that's true. They might look. They might win, lose it one or two, but the good news is they won a couple of games early. So mm. you know that, that that really helps. I thought Blakely was really good as well. Um, you know, Mundy's just sort of keep on keeping on. Um, you know, there's a couple. That's the thing. They seem to have this really nice balance at the moment, Frio of of um, you know mature players and then some some really 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 solid kids. So look, they've got a lot of upside, Fremantle. I think they're they're, they're making a serious push and. You know, imagine if they were able to get a Jesse Hogan over there to really assist them with scoring. Um, you know, I know I keep peddling this, but I, I think this is. It's, I think it's still on. I honestly think this is on. So, put that. Uh, take it's that. Two to more the years bank. away, though, at least. Yeah, but all you hear is he's gone. So I said that last year too. He's resigned. No, I didn't. Uh, well, I thought Not you said they said. No, that. they. Yeah. 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 Well, no, I reckon he's. I reckon he's going to go. But anyway, that, that is we'll what wait, it is. Wait, we'll wait and see. see. Um, but yeah, look, I think there's. Some serious upside with Fremantle, and they're playing yeah. much better offensive footy, which is great to see. Yeah, because defensive footy, we you know we saw a lot of that lion style last year. <laughs> it wasn't really winning them too many games. Didn't do any favors for Cowan. It can, can. So yeah, but um, yeah, that attack and that's my heat. I got a double heat check here. A couple double of young, yeah, a couple oh, of young. Two. I was couple of, when you were going to do yours. Yeah, a couple of young players for Freo. <laughs> um, the first one, uh, Ed Langdon. Um, Racked up 26 touches at 76% efficiency. Kicked a couple of goals. Had seven score involvements. Um, and laid, uh, had a couple of contested marks out of his nine. Threw in some tackles there and was just very balanced. Only only one clanger, a couple of clearances, two out of 50 and two into 50. So really well-balanced game. And he's only uh, like 22 or something. So he had 30, only had 30 games. So he was good. And the other one was... Uh, Darcy Tucker didn't have as much as the pill, but he plays in the forward line a little bit more. Went at 88% efficiency with his 17 touches, kicked a couple of goals, had four score involvements. Um, yeah, so this ability to spread and kick goals, I think, is a winning formula. Yeah, I, I think it's yeah, I think they clearly have figured out you know a balance now, and then the team looks really solid. And, and you know their, their pressure's been so much better this year than it was last year. It's just looking so much more consistent across the ground. So, you know, I thought Hill as well was pretty good at times too. So we'll go over to West Coast. I mean, you know, we, we sort of highlighted already and we spoke about it in the latter thing, but tell you what, like, yeah. they just have they just have so much power across the ground. Um, you know, so many score involvements throughout the, the game. Really nice spread. You know, Yo, it's, it, the great thing too is Yo's been very good this year. He was slightly down, but it didn't matter. That's the thing. Good teams, when they've got one or two players that yeah. are generally in their big, big you know, Numbers are down. They can cover it, and you know they were very, very consistent. Darling was was really good. Kennedy, you know, great as well. But you know, Lacroix, you know, this, you know Redden, yeah, Redden's Redden's benefit. Redden has massively benefited from Mitchell and Prittis coming out of that side, and he has just really grabbed that opportunity and just you know really excelled. Sheed as well as another player that's you know really benefited from you know that that those guys you know coming out of the side. Absolutely. Um, yeah, look, I think... And these are all... They're all, all mids, good. by the way, and all those names kick goals. That's so the they're getting four or five goals from their mids. They're going to be very... Which is what you need to, to win modern footy half the time. Um, you know, Shuey as well was pretty good. Again, putting that advert up for uh, more cash. More cash, yeah. Uh, McGovern as well. Looks like he's going to get a big paycheck wherever he plays. Um, yeah, look, I mean, they were consistent across the ground and they really grinded the game out. And I... I think West Coast lacked a bit of grind last year, and 
and um, certainly pace and you know they, they just were that little bit of step ahead and I know Fremantle you know really really got very very close but yeah West Coast West Coast are the better side and, and I know Freya you can argue in one way are a little bit unlucky but yeah I don't know yeah you are and, and they, they were they were unlucky side. losing Walters yeah um, that could have definitely um, swayed the, the balance in their favour because he's so classy and knows, knows how to kick a goal or two Exactly, yeah. But, yeah, West Coast, very, very good team, very polished team, and, yeah, like we said at the start, they're going to be tough to beat. Such an even game. Fremont, you know, started very, very well, you know, 4-3 to 1-1. You know, West Coast had a bit of a slow start, but, look, the pressure from Fremont was excellent. They really jumped out of the gates. The second quarter, you know, really evened up. Um, that's the thing. I know we sort of highlight how consistent West Coast have been. I know, I know their first quarter was a bit down, but, look, they were pretty good throughout the whole game. You know, 5-4 to 6-6 six, six in the second quarter, so mm. they really turned it up from there. Fremantle only scored one goal, and West Coast scored five in the second quarter. Um, you know, the third, everybody improved. The third quarter was excellent, 9-7 to 10-7. And then the fourth quarter, 12-9 to 13-11. So, yeah, look, it was, was pretty impressive. What about some of the other stats? What did you oh, see in there pretty, that was impressive? No, nah, it, it was pretty even, I guess. Very, yeah. That was what it was. It was you looking at there and go, you could, just by looking at the stats, um, you could tell that this was a close game. So we'll delve into the stuff that we usually highlight about yeah. why one team beat the other. Scoring efficiency and accuracy and things like that. So um, scoring accuracy, 57% Freo, 54% West Coast. So not much difference there. Um, and inside 50 efficiency, 47% to Freo, 44% to um, West Coast. West Coast just had 10 more inside 50s. And that's yep. where that probably nine points or whatever no, no, margin yeah. was came from. But other things... And if you watched it, you would have seen how close it was. But digging into the, the stats um, that matter, as some people like to call them, um, very even. Yeah, I think well. so. I mean, you know, West Coast had 10 more inside 50s, 45 to 55. But, you know, it's not like they got blown out of the water. No. Um, you know, but, you know, you can look at the other side of the coin and, you know, Freer had more marks inside 50. You know, they had 14 to 11. So it's... It's one of those things, you know, where it's 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 um, it was pretty. As we look at the scoreline, eighty-one to eighty-nine at the end, so it was very very close game. Um, you know, just slightly more polished for West Coast, you could argue, and that just you know ended up getting the job done. Or one extra guy that was able to score and just got in front and just knew how to lead and keep the lead. Well, they nearly lost it in the end, but you know, Fremantle was yeah. seriously pushing. I reckon another five minutes, and it might have gone the other way, but. Yeah, well, they it, probably would have got a goal just before the siren had it gone for a little bit longer, so that brings it 89, 87. So, yeah, yeah, and Fife as well was, you know, he... He, he, he was he starting to looked, really well, take he, it on, wasn't he? Because he's so fit. Like, towards the back end of games, Fife looks like a player from the second quarter, in the fourth, fourth mm. quarter. He's so fit, fit and yeah. so he has so much ability. He looks... He doesn't look like anybody else in the ground in the fourth quarter, like, pretty much. A bit like Dusty. Yeah, Dust as well. Like, yeah. the top players, that's the thing. The top players are top for a reason, and often it is fitness. They're just that Kennedy. much... Faster. Well, Kennedy exactly. Danger. Yeah, they all sort of stood up in the, in the back end the when they needed to yeah. do it. Yeah, absolutely. So, so we'll wrap it up from there, guys. Thanks very much for listening. Thanks, really guys. appreciate it. So definitely um, check out Hops to Home. Hopstohome.com.au. They're a really good sponsor. Fresh craft beers. Delivered straight to your doorstep. It is good. And check out AFL Deep Dive on social media. So we're at AFL Deep Dive on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Any other sign-ups? Anything else to say? We're pretty wrapped oh, up just from here. Get onto iTunes and give us a review. review. Yeah, do it. It's good for us and good for you. And more people find out about the podcast. And then we'll uh, get to talk more crap. That's it. <laughs> See you guys. Thanks, guys. Bye.